Hey everyone, Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast. Football season is back. Four words that are just music to my ears. That's right, the football season, college football season kicked off a week ago. Four FBS games plus one game featuring FCS-only opponents. We'll be taking a look at those games here in just one sec. Really want to tell you about what this podcast is going to be uh, going forward. You know, I, I think in, in during the 2018 draft process, uh, really wanted to take a look at all of the draft prospects leading up to the draft. But uh, for the 2019 draft, essentially what we're going to be doing is a weekly podcast breaking down all the different draft prospects from the week prior and uh, also take a look at what we have to look forward to. Now, you know, we've got a lot to cover because we have our first full slate of uh, first full full slate of games. It's the first full week. It's Labor Day weekend. You know exactly what you're going to be expecting. You got football games from Thursday to Monday, so you got a ton of games on hand. So we've got a lot to cover. Like I said, so let's just jump right into this, right? So I said there were four FBS games and one uh, game with FCS only opponents. Uh, first game that I want to take a look at real quick is is UMass against Duquesne. Uh, you know UMass getting their first win. Um, you know last season uh, it took them until their seventh game of the year before they got their first win. First game of the year, already one to zero. Sixty three fifteen win over Duquesne, and uh, you know the, the the guy to really keep an eye on here was Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella, 5'10", 190-pound receiver, uh, you know, five receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, this was a guy who had 60-plus uh, receptions in each of the last two seasons, a 1,000-yard receiver with 10 touchdowns in 2017. Um, you know, if you look at uh, UMass, you know, the, the guys that they've had since 2000, they've only had three guys drafted, Vladimir Dukas, um, you know, uh, up front, Taken in the second round in, in 2010, um, you know Rob Blanchflower, uh, the tight end, taken in the seventh round in 2014, and then of course uh, Tajay Sharp, uh, 2016 was a fifth round pick, and I think there's a chance for Andy Isabella. He's a you know he's a guy who may end up being a priority free agent, but a guy who uh, just a possession receiver, a guy who knows how to get open, a very intelligent player, um, someone who I think can definitely make an make a roster at the next level, even if he doesn't get drafted. But I think there's a chance for him. Just watch him as the season goes on. He's someone who um, can start sneaking into some uh, draft boards before long. That game wasn't televised, so I didn't really get to see a whole lot of the game. But uh, Andy Isabella, like I said, you know, I'm going to be watching the box scores, um, if nothing else, to keep an eye on, on what he's been doing throughout the year. Rice... Against Prairie View, 31-28. Uh, Rice had to score 12 points in the fourth quarter, you know, 12 unanswered to ultimately beat uh, Prairie View. Uh, had to kick a field goal as time expired to get the win. Uh, junior Emmanuel uh, Esukpa, uh, the running back, 173 yards on 32 carries, you know, 5'11", 232 pounds. He was a junior, uh, but a big back. You know, uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, an Orleans uh, Darkwa when he came out of Tulane. You know, he, he's he's someone who, you know, is is a is again a, a big back. You know, he's going to be a guy who's going to run between the tackles. Um, he's a junior, so you know he's going to be around for another season. But someone to keep an eye on, um, hopefully, as the Owls under Mike Bloomgren start to turn things around. Uh, but you know, they, they 
first contest that I really got to watch was the FCS contest that pitted uh, North Carolina A&T against Jacksonville State. North Carolina uh, Carolina A&T getting the upset win 20 to 17. Uh, I was really excited to see Lamar Reynard, uh, the 6'4 quarterback, was the MEAC Offensive Player of the Year in 2017. Uh, led the led the conference in, in passing yards and passing efficiency as well. Uh, was just 12 of 34 for 111 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, you know, you could really tell that uh, you know he was very anxious and and, and excitable. Uh, a lot of passes that were overthrown. Um, struggled to you know I think six seven times. Um, he he went to the back shoulder fade before he was finally able to connect uh, with Elijah Bell. Um, you know Lamar Reynard. You know he 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 has this over the top delivery. Uh, you know, to him, and, and so it, it looks a little awkward, but the ball gets there and, and does get there in a hurry. Um, but uh, you know, it was not the performance that you were expecting. Even though Jacksonville State very stout up front, put a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, I'm really going to be looking to see if if Raynard can rebound after uh, you know a, a very very average uh, first season or for I'm sorry first first weekend. Uh, Marquel uh, Cartwright, the running back, you know, he filled in for or took over for for Tarek Cohen, who is now playing for for the Bears. But uh, you know, he led the MIAC in 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 rushing yards and touchdowns, only 58 total yards. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, 58 yards on the ground and 23 receiving yards. But uh, what I do like about about Cartwright, he runs with leverage. He's very patient, follows his blockers really well. Really, all he needs is just a crease. Um, you know, to to really get out into the second second level um you know runs with a low pad level and and does have a quick quick acceleration i did like the hands uh coming out of the backfield as well um you know he, he's a lot bigger than than Tariq cohen um but uh someone to to keep an eye on coming out of the backfield um you know for uh for north carolina a&t you know, but the game was game was really sloppy. You know, five unsportsmanlike penalties. It really took two and a half quarters to really get things going. So if that's a sign of, of what to expect over over this uh, this first weekend, the opening weekend, you know, we're going to probably see a lot of sloppy football. I'm hoping that we can kind of get you know iron those kinks out. Um, you know, because you know there are a lot of good matchups that we're going to be getting to watch, um, like uh, you know Hawaii versus Colorado State. You know, I got to watch watch that game, and I'll tell you. Um, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I was really treated to a to a heck of a game. Hawaii wound up holding on to beat the Rams, uh, 43-34. Um, Hawaii's quarterback Cole McDonald, you know, he took over for Drew Brown, who transferred to Oklahoma State. And uh, Cole McDonald, man, you know, if if you hadn't gotten to see him, you know, you wouldn't have believed it. You know, the sophomore comes in, and uh, he really had a day. Uh, 26 for 37. Uh, over 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, ran for 96 yards and two more touchdowns. You know, and, and the the Warriors were really running away with it. You know, 37 to seven, um, and uh, the Rams. You know, th- their fans were leaving. They were taken out, taken off out of Sunny Lobic Field, and uh, you know they scored two touchdowns in the final two uh, two minutes 30 seconds in in the third quarter, and uh, you know really kind of took took three quarters or the better part of three quarters for KJ Carter Samuels. Uh, to really get things going, you know, he's a transfer from from Washington, and uh, you know, finished with 537 yards passing, uh, five touchdowns, one interception. Um, looked really shaky at times, though. wasn't all that uh, wasn't all that crisp uh, with a lot of his passes, but 
you know, he was able to to hit some receivers down the field. We'll talk about Ola B.C. Johnson, Preston Williams. There just was a little too, you know, just too little too late, um, you know, for, for Colorado there, uh, Colorado State. Um, but when you look at Hawaii, uh, the guy to really talk about is, is John Ursua. You know, he, he's back and he's healthy. Uh, you know, the 5'10 slot receiver, um, you know, he led the country with 130 uh, receiving yards per game uh, through six games for the Warriors. Then he tears his ACL, um, but he was definitely explosive. Seven receptions, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Um, very savvy route runner um, and also has the speed to run by defenders. Um, really made made uh, you know Jordan Fogel look silly on one. He just, uh, you know, Fogel came up to the line of scrimmage, was was flat-footed, and uh, Ursua just got vertical on him and just ran right by him for, for a big gain. Uh, Ursua's a guy who I think, you know, when you – when you look at the 2020 draft, he's somebody who I think can can sneak in, probably a fifth round pick, um, a, a guy who's going to make plays from the slot. Um, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing Jelani Tavai. You know, six four, two hundred thirty uh, thirty five pounds, back to back hundred tackle seasons. You know, he was a team captain. You know, was ten point three tackles per game, was tenth in the FBS. Um, you know, but he was suspended, you know, for much of the off season. So he was ultimately suspended for the first game for a violation of team rules. But this guy's a thumper. He's, he's instinctive. He has excellent range. Um, you know, if you get a chance to watch Hawaii, a lot of their home games are going to be, be really late, especially on the, on the East coast. But, uh, Jelani Tavai, you know, a, a name to, to look out for. I know teams are going to, uh, NFL teams are going to want to do their homework on him, find out what these, these team rules were that he violated, um, you know, why he was suspended for much of the off season. Um, but he's someone who I think, you know, I really want to see how he responds, um, going into, uh, you know, into the next contest you know, for Colorado state, you know, they, they lost Michael Gallup, but, uh, you know, Michael Gallup, you know, third round pick, you know, how I feel about him going to the, to the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, I think he could end up being their, their go-to guy for Dak Prescott, but, uh, they still have Ola BC Johnson, you know, six foot, um, 203 pounds, a senior over a thousand yards a season ago. Um, you know, just a reliable target. You know, he was someone for Nick Stevens last year and, uh, you know, this year for KJ Carter Samuels, a guy who has excellent hands. He's a very good route runner. Um, and then an ability to get vertical, you know, two touchdown passes, just getting, you know, getting deep over, uh, over defenders and, uh, you know, six receptions, 157 yards, two touchdowns on the day. He's a guy who I think is going to kind of fly under radar um, for a while, but I think as the draft draft process keeps going, I think he's someone who's going to run very well. I think he'll test well as well. And uh, you know, someone who might be able to sneak into the back half of the draft. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on, Junior uh, Preston Williams. You know, six four, two hundred ten pounds. The Tennessee transfer. Uh, you know, just a big target. Very physical after the catch. Um, you know, he had one play where he caught the ball. Um, you know, at the forty eight yard line, and uh, you know, gets up the field, cuts back. Um, you know, able to to fight through the safety tackle, and then a stiff arm on the corner gets back down the field. Um, ultimately tripped up, you know, first and goal, you know, inside the, the five yard line, a 69 yard pass, pass play. And really, you know, you saw that physicality from him. You know, he, he's a good leaper, has excellent body control, 
um, especially on the back shoulder. You know, he really was able to box out defenders, um, showed that on a, on a post pass for, for the touchdown. Um, but he, he's someone who lets the ball get into his body and that's where he was having some drops, having some issues there. Um, that's going to be a theme. We're going to be talking about a lot of receivers. Um, you know, Kelvin Harmon out of NC state. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. Um, another guy, a big receiver, big bodied guy. You know, when you've got those long arms, you can just extend those arms. Don't let that ball get into your body, catch it away from your body so that, you know, a, you know, you're, you're not going to, um, you know, run the risk of, of, of fumbling the football, but uh, B, you know, you're not going to allow the defender to get his hand in and, and make a play on the ball. Um, defensively for the Rams, uh, you know, Josh Watson, you know, 109 tackles a season ago, 13 tackles in this game, a half uh, tackle for loss, um, you know, fumble recovery, pass breakup, you know, got a hit on the quarterback as well. Did a good job filling the holes going, uh, you know, uh, north-south. Um, very textbook tackler. Um, showed some range to get to the outside. Um, you know, he was very quick to diagnose, especially on this off tackle play, uh, shot in off the edge to drop, drop the running back. Uh, there were times though that he did miss some holes and I thought that he looked a little stiff in coverage, um, very stiff in the hips. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the instincts, the ability to play all over the field, he's a veteran, he's a team captain, someone to keep an eye on, you know, there, there are some of the linebackers that come out of here, uh, out of, uh, Colorado state, you know, Fort Collins, uh, Shaquille Barrett was, a, was a guy that I was high on. Um, and, uh, you see what he's been able to do for, for the Denver Broncos, you know, Josh Watson is, is another guy to, uh, to really keep an eye on there. Uh, Jordan Fogle, you know, 5'10", 195 pounds. Utah transfer, uh, team captain, very physical, uh, came up and dropped the running back behind the line. Um, also closed quickly on, on a receiver to jar the ball free, big hit. Um, but again, I said he was flat footed. You know, he, he was sneaking up, up towards the line, had to really realize who he was lining up against. If it's going to be man coverage against John or Sue, you cannot be flat footed. You cannot be, uh, you know, standing still because this guy's going to run right by you. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, was beaten badly up the sideline. Um, so again, Hawaii's one and oh, you know, behind uh, McDonald's arm, um, you know, they play Navy, uh, you know, and so again, Jelani Tavai, they're going to need him, um, to, to be a playmaker there at linebacker, especially with the way that Navy runs their offense. And then Colorado state, they get to play, uh, the in-state rival, uh, Colorado, the Buffaloes, um, that's on the 31st, uh, of August. We may talk about that here in just a minute. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, as we go um, throughout this week. And then the final game uh, that, that I got to watch was, was Wyoming, uh, an impressive defensive uh, performance against New Mexico State. You know, 29-7 uh, was the win in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, you know, Wyoming, 449 uh, total yards to 135 for the Aggies. Uh, New Mexico State just, you know, minus nine rushing yards. Um, it was just... You know, it, it was incredible to watch that defense. You know, Wyoming in the post-Josh Allen era. Tyler Vanderwall, 137 yards uh, through the air. Didn't really have to throw the ball a whole lot. Um, really, they could ride uh, Nico Evans. You know, the 5'9", 211-pound senior. Finally got his chance. 190 yards, two touchdowns. If you watch the game, um, you know, on, on TV at all, they, they talked a lot about how he kept asking the coaches, when you know, what do I need to do to get my shot? Well, he he made the most of his 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 uh his chance. You know, really ran with a low pad level, was running through contact. Another running back was very patient, kept working 
Um, but, you know, Frank Spaziani, you know, the, the New Mexico State defensive coordinator, he really had his, had his group playing hard. You know, the former uh, Boston College head coach um, really had that, that defense um, playing well. Uh, overall, but uh, that that New Mexico State they just struggled so mildly on offense. I mean, especially when you're having to replace a 4,000 yard passer in Tyler Rogers, uh, Larry Rose the third, uh, the second most yards in in school history, and and really the, was the focal point of that offense a season ago. And then Jaleel Scott, you know, the first Aggie drafted in, in five years, went in the fourth round to the Ravens. Although he you know he he'll probably end up being a, a practice squad guy if he makes the team. Uh, you know, both he and, and Jordan last. Uh, the two rookies, uh, you know, lastly out of UCLA, struggling there in camp. Um, so we'll see what happens with Jaleel Scott. But uh, again, you know, those three, you know, you have to replace them, and uh, you know, they really just struggled to get anything going. But uh, you know, part of that is is just based on having to replace that talent, and part of it was just Wyoming's defense. It's just loaded with draft prospects. You know, when you think of defenses, um, you know, especially in the Mountain West Conference. Um, but uh, you know, even you know across the country, you don't think of Wyoming as as the team. But that defensive line there, you know, Carl Granderson, uh, Johanna uh, Gaffon, and and Sydney Malaulu, uh, they were dominant. You know, Carl Granderson, man, you know, on the broadcast they talked about, you know, they showed a picture of him as a 185 pound uh, freshman, looked like a, a cornerback, you know, skinny. Um, but they, they recognize the athleticism. They bulked him up, you know, 6'5", 261 pounds. He can be a defensive end in a 4-3 or a, an outside linebacker, stand-up, you know, rush end in a 3-4. Very athletic, long arms, uh, flexible in his hips to dip and rip. Uh, bends very well, turning the quarter. Nine and a half sacks a season ago. Plays with good leverage. You know, he was driving his man back versus the run. Um, you know, he, he would take on blocks, you know, and, and uh, be able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Again, using those long arms to really disengage from the blocks. Uh, Carl Granderson, you know, he, he's, he's in my opinion, he, he has a good chance of being a day two pick. Um, Johanna Gaffon, 6'4", 282 pounds, uh, a junior and, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the guys that people haven't really been talking about. But if he has another big year there for the Cowboys, especially given a lot of the talent that would be coming off of this roster, I wouldn't be surprised if Gaffon decided to enter the draft uh, at the end of the season. 15.5 tackles for loss a season ago, seven sacks from the defensive tackle position. Excellent athleticism, just a burst off the football. Swim move, um, you know, able to beat the, the, the guard off the ball. Uh, was splitting double teams with his his first step, just so disruptive in the, uh, getting up the field. Excellent hands, um, you know. He, he chased down. Uh, excellent hands, getting off of blocks. Um, I, I should clarify that. Uh, but uh, you know, he he chased down the running back Jason Huntley seven yards down the field. Uh, you know, to make a play on on the running back. Um, just you know, he, he's he's one of the more explosive players uh, that you'll see definitely in the Mountain West Conference. But uh, you know, looking at that defensive tackle position, I know that it's it's loaded this year. I broke it down in the last podcast. But uh, Johanna Gaffon, uh, one of the better junior uh, defensive tackle prospects, and you know he he's a guy that you know I would keep an eye on because he could be shooting up draft boards before long. Andrew Wingard or Wingard, um, you know he, this is a guy. You know three straight hundred tackle seasons. And uh, it was interesting that he actually came to Laramie as a running back. Um, but uh, Craig Bull just doing a tremendous job there for the Cowboys. 
Um, you know, Winger moved to safety, just flies around to the football um, and uh, makes a lot of plays. But uh, he really didn't have to do a whole lot. You know, only had two tackles in the game. Uh, the defensive line was just so dominant. Um, you know, but he did show good range. You know, especially getting over the top. Um, played a lot around the line of scrimmage. I think he's someone who can play in the box. Um, but uh, definitely, definitely exciting. That trio. You know, that's a trio of of NFL prospects. Three guys who you know could be hearing their names called uh, early. You know, in the first four rounds of the draft. Uh, but they're not the only prospects. You know, another guy to keep an eye on it was Sidney Malaulu. You know, I, I mentioned him earlier, 6'3", 293 pounds, just the power to drive his man back into the backfield to to collapse the pocket. Definitely stout against the run, uh, plug in holes, uh, fill in the gaps, and then uh, you know also got upfield. You know, chased down the quarterback for a sack. Um, you know, Marcus Epps, the the safety. Um, Nine interceptions and 14 pass breakups in his career. You know, he's six foot, 197 pounds, uh, a three-time captain. Um, you know, he, uh, another safety who really didn't have to do a whole lot because New Mexico State really couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, but he read a screen, uh, and, and this was, you know, I thought this was a, a heads-up play. You know, two receivers out on the perimeter uh, blocking the, the, the corners that were out there. Read the play, shot inside, and was able to drop the the receiver for a tackle for loss. He was already on the move into the backfield before the ball had even you know released out of the quarterback's hand. Um, Antonio Hull, uh, the corner, at uh, you know five ten, one hundred eighty eight pounds, uh, two interceptions and eleven pass breakups in his career. Um, showed the ability to, to run stride for stride with the receiver up the sideline. Um, you know tight coverage, um, playing the slant. Um, able to, to cut in, you know, and, and, and make a play on the football. Um, closes quickly, uh, makes sure that, you know, he, he wraps up well. No yak um, after um, after the receiver hauls in the pass. Um, you know, and, you know, one of the things, you know, when you're talking about New Mexico State, they will have their first Aggie drafted, um, you know, it, since, uh, since Jaleel Scott. They'll have someone drafted in 2019, uh, and his name is Terrell Hanks. 6'3", 235 pounds out of um, out of Miami, and uh, you know a kid with back-to-back 100 tackle seasons, 10 sacks, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven interceptions, 12 pass breakups. The guy just fills up the stat sheets, and uh, you watched him play, and he was all over the field. You know he was instinctive. He was slipping, uh, you know the the instincts. You saw him slipping inside a lot of blocks versus the run to get in on the play. Uh, excellent in pursuit. Excellent hips. Um, rushing the passer was able to dip and, and, and turn the corner in a hurry. Very flexible in the hips, I thought, um, being able to, to turn the corner. Um, conversely, when, when you saw him in coverage, um, you know, he, he did look a little bit stiff. It was kind of interesting. Um, you know, and he seemed a little bit lost at times in, in some of the zone coverage, but a guy who I think can definitely uh, play his way onto a roster and uh, you know, has just that athletic ability. You know, he had 11 tackles, uh, one for loss. And uh, two two quarterback hits, um, but Terrell Hanks. If you get a chance to watch New Mexico State, I know they're struggling with uh, with Matt uh, Romero taking over for for Tyler Rogers, but uh, it'd be worth a watch to watch you know Terrell Hanks uh, being coached up by by Frank Spaziani. I think it'd be a lot of fun um, you know to, to watch him throughout the season um, because I think Terrell Hanks is going to be a guy who's going to hear his name called at some point in the draft in uh, in April. So, again, Labor Day weekend, one of the the most fun times of the year. Why? Like I said earlier, college football 
is back. I love it. I love it. You know, again, four words that are just music to my ears. Um, you know, so the first full weekend of games, it really starts on Thursday, you know, uh, August 30th. I mean, you look at, at a lot of these games and, um, you know, you've got, oh gosh, uh, Justice Hill, you know, out of, out of Oklahoma state, he's getting to play against Missouri state, um, you know, back to back thousand yard seasons, including, you know, over 1400 yards last year, uh, you know, 15 touchdowns also had 31 receptions. He's, one of those guys, when you look at the running back position, he's a guy who's going to be competing to be the number one running back taken in the draft. You know, you have Bryce Love, obviously, and he's one of the favorites to be the the Heisman Trophy winner. You've got Rodney Anderson, who's you know the in-state rival OU. Um, you know, David Montgomery might be one of the you know um, unsung um, you know guys in this in this group. He's a guy who you know less heralded out of Iowa State, but definitely a guy who can uh, run between the tackles and and has some explosiveness on the outside. Damian Harris dropped some weight. Um, you know, back to back thousand yard seasons. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about him here in a minute. Devin Singletary, we'll be talking about him as well. The 5'9", 200-pounder, um, you know, with a big year uh, last year for FAU. So you're looking at all of these running backs, and Justice Hill is right there in the mix. A guy who, uh, you know, the, the one thing that really the knock is, is you look 5'10", 195 pounds. Uh, can he take a full beating? You know, but he's actually proven that he can um, you know, uh, be the go-to guy. You look at, you know, over, you know, 400, let's see, 474 carries in two seasons with the Cowboys. So he has been able to shoulder the load, even though he has been sharing the backfield a little bit with JD King. Um, Justice Hill is going to be the guy. I mean, the lateral quickness, it, you know, he's just so explosive, able to set up guys on, uh, you know, um, on the outside and at the set at the second level, um, you know, just ma- able to make those cuts without without losing any speed. Excellent vision. Um, the hands, you know, and, and that's something else that I think he has over a lot of these backs, uh, including Bryce Love. Um, you know, 31 receptions, showed an ability to really, you know, make plays, um, you know, with the football, four multi-touchdown games and a touchdown in, in, uh, in 10 games. Uh, even had, you know, nine, nine games with, multi, uh, with multi-receptions. Um, you know, two four reception games and one six reception game that was against Iowa State. Uh, so uh, someone to really keep an eye on. Um, I, I think if he has a big year, he's definitely coming out. Um, so he'll get things going against uh, uh, Missouri State. Number 21, uh, Central Florida, UCF. You know, the undefeated season with Scott Frost. We've put that behind us. Scott Frost has moved on to Nebraska. In comes Josh Heupel to take on Randy Edsel's Huskies. Um, you know, Heupel gets to, gets to work with, you know, 5'11", you know, Mackenzie Milton. You know, uh, Heupel uh, went to Missouri for, for two years, worked with, with, uh, with Drew Locke um, before moving on to, uh, you know, to take on the head coaching job there at, with the Golden Knights. But uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie Milton, just so, so much fun to watch. You know, the, 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 the smaller quarterback, the diminutive one, you know, if you're looking at the quarterback position, um, but just so explosive. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to be throwing the ball to, uh, you know, uh, Dedrick uh, Snelson, you know, with uh, Traquan Smith gone. Um, Wyatt Miller, uh, the 6'4", 306-pound uh, right tackle, is going to be leading the offensive line there. And then, you know, Pat Jasinski, the, uh, the middle linebacker. Yes, uh, you know, Sha- Shaquem Griffin, um, you know, the, the, the 
got you know he he's he's he just you know it was so inspirational you know he's going to be making the roster there in, in Seattle and going to be a guy who I think is going to um, carve a niche out there in in uh, in that, that Seattle defense. But uh, Pat Jasinski, the middle linebacker, is going to be the guy leading that defense along with junior defensive tackle Tristan Hill. Uh, Northwestern taking on Purdue. You know, the Big 12 West matchup to start out the season. Uh, and, and the guy that we're going to have to keep an eye on is Clayton Thorson. You know, he's returning from an ACL tear in the bowl game. You know, that's just seven and a half months since he had that, that knee, uh, that knee re- reconstructed. Um, but they said that he worked on his mechanics. And, uh, you know, a lot of people around camp, I've been reading that uh, they're saying that there's more, more zip on the football. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see exactly what, uh, what he can do. Um, but Clayton Thorson, you know, when you look at the numbers last season, you know, 60% passer, 20, over 2,800 yards, 15 touchdowns, but, uh, struggled mightily, um, with some of the mistakes, you know, 12 interceptions, um, you know, and, and you know, the, the ball security is something that you really have to be concerned with. Um, when you look at, uh, at, at 2016, um, you know, through the heart of the Big 12 schedule, um, you know, six games you know, with tw- 250 plus passing yards, um, eight games over 60 percent, uh, including the final four games in a row. Um, you know, but really he had his weapon and that was Austin Carr. Uh, he had that go to receiver. And when he lost his go to guy, that's really when you saw Clayton Thorson struggle. And, you know, what I really want to see from him is, is has he built that uh, that chemistry um, with his with his wideouts, you know, you've got um, Flynn Nagel and, and um, Ben Skarinek. You know, can um, he have that type of relationship with the two of them that he did with Austin Carr? That's really going to make all the difference in the world. Um, you know, I, I think for Clayton Thorson this year, um, you know, he'll be going up against uh, up against Purdue, um, a Purdue defense that uh, you know. The, uh, Jawan Bentley is is no longer patrolling the middle of that defense, um, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what he can get done. Um, you know, Patty Misher, or sorry, uh, Patty Misher, uh, Patty Fisher, the uh, inside linebacker for for Northwestern, a redshirt sophomore, 6'4", 245 pounds, one hundred thirty uh, thirteen tackles, um, that led the led the way for for all incoming freshmen, and uh, or just freshman period. Um, but but Patty Fisher is a guy to to keep an eye out for you know just a big guy there in the middle and uh, you know someone who's going to be making plays you know if he has has a big year then he's going to be someone to keep an eye on for uh, you know um, Buckus consideration um, in uh, in uh, the 2019 season you know another linebacker to keep an eye on Nate Hall uh, 16 and a half tackles for loss um, and uh, let's see you know led. Led Northwestern, um, you know, with with that 16 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, two interceptions, six pass breakups. Um, you know, a, a guy who can make plays all over the field. And then the cornerback Montre Hardage, um, six foot, 195 pounds. He's on NFL radars. Seven interceptions, 15 pass breakups the last two seasons. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be interested to to see if Jeff Brom is going to allow David Blau and and Elijah Sindelar to you know, throw anywhere, anything near him. Um, you know, if, if they do, um, especially with Brahms passing attack, um, you know, you might be able to see, uh, Montre Hardage make some plays. Uh, you know, David Blau is, is the, is, 
is the guy who's likely to start, but Elisha Sindelar, the former uh, pitcher, you know, 90 mile an hour fastball, um, you know, you could see him get some plays as well. Draft prospects for Purdue, uh, tight end Cole Herdman is a threat up the seam as a as, as the tight end. Um, you know, possession receiver Jackson Anthrop, you know, he has an outside chance, probably as a priority uh, free agent. Um, and then the, the center up front, you know, the leader is is Kirk Barron. Um, definitely someone who's uh, you know the veteran of the group, and uh, you know Jeff Brom's going to need to to have uh, have that line lean on Barron and 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 his intelligence. Um, you know, really, can they get get things going early? That's going to be a big question um, against Northwestern because I think if Purdue falls behind, then uh, I, I think Northwestern with that defense might be able to uh, to run away with it. So some other games uh, going on. Utah, Zach Moss, uh, 5'10", 217-pound junior, over 1,100 yards a season ago. He has the He's the leader of the Utes offense, and then the, the leader of the, the Utes defense is Chase Hansen, 6'3", 230 pounds, a linebacker safety hybrid type. Um, you know, he's, he's healthy. Um, you know, so they get to take on Weber State. And then Texas A&M, you know, the Jimbo Fisher era is kicking off um, you know, it's a relatively young offense. Um, you know, the defense is led by a defensive lineman, Landis Durham and, and Kingsley Keeksley. Um, and Kingsley Kiki uh, is a guy, well, really both he and, and Durham are, are two guys that uh, will be on NFL radars. Um, Texas A&M kicking off against Northwestern State um, to round out the games to keep an eye on there on Thursday, August 30th. So then when we switch gears, we go to Friday. Friday, August thirty first. I can't believe it's the end of August already. I mean, it's it seems like this this year has flown by. And it's one of those you know it's it's bittersweet to watch the summer, uh, summer go. You know all the the nice warm weather and everything. It means that uh, you know the the days are getting shorter. But again, football is back. So that's always going to be a good thing. But, uh, you know, the first first game on the agenda that I'm looking at is Syracuse against Western Michigan. Eric Dungy, you know, here's, a, here's a guy who just can't seem to stay healthy, just injury prone. Um, you know, basically, let's see, I think he only played in, in nine games uh, in, in each of the last two seasons. And I think he only played in eight games his first year. Um, but uh, 6'4", 228 pounds, you know, definitely has the potential if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, he's got, you know, freshman quarterback, uh, Tommy DeVito playing behind him, you know, right on his heels. So he's going to have to stay healthy if he's going to be playing, uh, and leading the orange this year, last year, uh, 59.7% passing, uh, just under 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions, made a lot of mistakes. Um, but also has over 600 rushing yards and nine touchdowns on the ground before, uh, you know, injuries kind of derailed the season. If you're looking for a guy to watch for Syracuse this year, especially for those of you that are watching a lot of ACC football, keep an eye on Chris Slayton. You know, uh, the big man, 6'4", 320 pounds, squats 700 pounds, you know, just stout at the point of attack. But the lateral quickness out of this big man, uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Another guy to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I talked about when, when I was talking about Gaffon, you know, now we've got Chris Slayton, this defensive tackle position and defensive ends, they're just, they're loaded. You know, I didn't even talk about Chris Slayton during, uh, you know, the podcast a week, uh, a week ago. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm looking back, and uh, you know it's it's just so deep. It, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be falling down 
the draft boards that uh, you know teams are going to get players later on in the draft because of the depth. Uh, Western Michigan, you know, the offensive coordinator is going to be their head coach, Tim Lester, you know, former quarterback there uh, for the Broncos. Um, he's got John Wasink uh, there at quarterback. Um, you know, had a had a decent game there against USC uh, to kick off the season, um, but uh, you know, we'll see what he can do. Um, you know, going into into 2018, defensively, they, they really took a blow, um, took kind of a step back when they lost Sam Beal. Um, the, the, the cornerback on the outside to the supplemental draft. They already lost uh, Darius Phillips, so you know, secondary is definitely reeling with the loss of Beal. Uh, Third-round pick, I believe, in the, uh, in the supplemental draft. Michigan State, Brian Lewerke, um, you know, uh, over 2,700 yards passing, um, you know, 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, the junior is going to be handing the ball off to uh, L.J. Scott, the bruiser, uh, between the tackles, 900 yards rushing and eight touchdowns a season ago, and then he's got a big wideout, you know, big target, you know, Felton Davis, six uh, four, um, you know, just a big, big receiver, uh, someone to really keep an eye on um, if he has a big year. Um, someone that we could be talking about um, with this receiving core or this receiving class. Um, defense is is led by a pair of juniors. You know, you got Joe Bocci. Uh, the middle linebacker, 100 tackles a season ago. Um, you know, then Kenny Willickies, um, you know, seven sacks. You know, to lead lead the uh, the Spartans up front. Uh, Kari Willis, you know, a strong safety. I think he has a chance. He's the leader uh, of of that secondary uh, for Sparty. Um, you know, Michigan State. We'll see what they've got. You know, they. Uh, you know, gosh, I don't even know who they play. I don't even have it here in my notes. But uh, take my word for it, Sparty is playing on. Uh, <laughs> let me get through here real quick. Let me see who they are playing. Um, let's see, Michigan State. They're playing Utah State um, in uh, in East Lansing. It's a uh, let's see, a six o'clock Central stand, uh, Central Time kickoff. Um, you know, Utah State. Um, you know, they they're a, they're a team that uh, you know they they gave. Uh, Wisconsin a run for for their money for for a half um, before they finally got outclassed. But um, you know they're they're a team that uh, is, is looking to kind of build on on uh, on last season. Um, you know really you know do they have um, you know a, a enough weapons to really even make it a game? You know I I, I just it, it it's probably going to be a be a route, but it's one of those things to where you can kind of keep an eye on some of those, um, some of those players there for, for Michigan state, which leads us into Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's playing Western Kentucky, you know, Mike Sanford's crew and, uh, Wisconsin, that, that offensive line, I mean, they're, they're loaded with first round hopefuls, uh, right tackle David Edwards is, is is huge. You know he's six seven, three hundred and ten pounds. The former tight end, um, you know, twenty six games, nineteen starts, uh, played in ninety five percent of of the Badger snaps. Um, the athleticism is apparent, you know, because he is a converted tight end. But you know, I think he still struggles a little bit with some of the pass rushers, which means you know he's probably going to be a right tackle at the next level. Um, right guard Ben uh, Bo Benshaw. You know he's he's a, a favorite of mine. Thirty six career starts, just a mean, nasty guy. 
athletic, able to get out and pull on the outside. Um, center, uh, Tyler Beatis, uh, you know, he's a redshirt sophomore, but, uh, started every game there, um, you know, as a, as a redshirt freshman for, um, for the Badgers. And, uh, you know, he, he's clearly the, the top center prospect in this year's draft. Um, so there's a chance looking at all of the, the these linemen for Wisconsin that are going to get drafted. There's a chance that Tyler Beatis could end up uh, coming out as a redshirt sophomore. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a first round pick. Michael Dieter, you know, that I said that they, they have four uh, up front that could be, you know, day one, day two picks. Michael Dieter, you know, has experience at both the left tackle and, and left guard. Um, you know, to me, I think he's a second day pick, but uh, someone who I, I think could um, come off the board second, third round range because of that versatility. I think his home's ultimately going to be at guard, at the guard position. But uh, um, you know, he's he's a he's a four year starter for for the Badgers. Um, you know, the, the 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 last guy that people haven't really been talking about too much. There's John Dietzen. He's a junior um, there at guard. If if Dieter ends up kicking out to tackle, you might see a little bit of him there. And then uh, the sophomore Cole Van Lannen. Um, he was going to be taken over at the, at the left tackle position, but these guys are going to be blocking for Jonathan Taylor, uh, over 1900 yards, just came up, uh, 23 yards shy of 2000 yards, 13 touchdowns as a true freshman. Um, you know, if these offensive linemen block for, uh, you know, a, a 2000 yard rusher, and it's not out of the realm of possibility, we could be talking about Jonathan Taylor as a, as a possible Heisman trophy winner, uh, the first for the Badgers since, since Ron Dane. Um, but really Wisconsin's offense is going to go as, as Alex Hornibrook goes, the quarterback, uh, you know, is he going to be a consistent passer? That's really going to be the huge question. He's got the big target in Quinton, uh, Quintez Cephas. Uh, to me, Quintez Cephas is a, uh, a legitimate NFL prospect. And then you have, uh, AJ Taylor on the outside. That's going to provide some speed. Um, so Wisconsin, you know, offensively, you know, they're going to pound the ball. They're going to really just run, uh, run you, run you over, wear you down the, you know, the big offensive line. Um, you know, um, pushing on you. And if, if Hornybrook can get going, watch out. Wisconsin has a good chance uh, to be in the college football playoff. I've got uh, some friends who are our big Wisconsin Badger friends, uh, Mr. Ryan Veglin. Um, you know, I know you, you, uh, you, you're a huge Badger fan. And uh, if your team does make it to the college football playoff, I know I will not hear the end of it. Um, defensively, the Badgers, you know, Alive Sagapolu, uh, at, at the nose guard position, a very athletic guy for for his size. You know, he's well over 330 pounds, but moves very well. Uh, a guy, you know, flexibility too. The guy can do the splits. It's in, it's insane. Um, you know, six seven Isaiah Loudermilk. He's only a sophomore, but he's going to get to start. And he's one of those guys, you know, that um, is one of those hidden gems. If you get a chance to watch Wisconsin play, watch out for the big six seven Isaiah Loudermilk. He's hard to miss up front. But uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. The linebacker position, Wisconsin just seems to always produce linebacker after linebacker after linebacker. It's almost like they're they're linebacker U there for for Wisconsin. But uh, you know they've got uh, Ryan Connolly, um, you know on the uh, on the inside with T.J. Edwards, and, and T.J. Edwards is a guy to really keep an eye on. I'm a huge fan of uh, of T.J.'s. You know, he's he's someone who is just so instinctive. He always seems to be around the football, always seems to be making the right plays. Um, 80 plus tackles in each of his three seasons there at Madison. Um, you know, double digit tackles for loss a season ago. 
four interceptions last year, um, you know, three the, the, the previous year, and, and you're looking at the pass breakups as well, you know, 13 total pass breakups. Um, you know, he trusts his eyes. You know, he, he basically, you know, just reads and reacts so quickly, um, just pursues the football so well, uh, takes on blocks, uses his hands to get off the blocks, fills the hole, and, and really drops the running back, a textbook tackler. Uh, when he drops in coverage, you know, you, you look at him and you don't think he's all that fast, um, but I think, you know, the, it's the instincts, it's the eyes, he trusts them, you know, and, and he really lets those eyes take him to the football, um, knows how to, you know, what to do when he gets there and, and is able to make a play on the football. Ball skills are evident. Um, you know, when he drops in coverage, he, he's quick to drive on the ball because he reads, reads the play so well. Um, you know, I, I think if, if the ball is thrown in front of him, he's definitely making the plays, you know, when you have to ask him to move laterally or move, you know, any backpedal, that's where he can kind of get into trouble a little bit. But I think he slips the blocks well, scraping over the top, shoots through the a gap, um, you know, to split the, the center and the, and the right guard. Uh, to get in on the quarterback to to either snap sack the quarterback or or drop the running back behind the line. TJ Edwards to me is is a lot of fun to watch. 6'3 or six uh, one, two hundred and forty four pounds. Uh, the senior is a guy who you know he's not a day one guy, but he's definitely someone who's going to be taken off the board there, um, round two, possibly round three. It's going to really be depend on on how well he runs. Um, but uh, you know uh, another guy, Andrew Van Ginkle. You know, a, a name that you know people have to start getting used to, um, because he was a guy who had to fill in. There were some injuries up front. Therefore, um, I'm sorry, not up front, but um, at the um, at the outside linebacker position. And you know, Van Geekel steps in, six four, two hundred thirty six pounds, um, as a junior, uh, ten tackles for loss, six and a half sacks, uh, two interceptions, a couple of pass breakups. Uh, one of those interceptions, he actually returned for a touchdown. Um, a guy who now is going to have, um, you know, that starting job, and you know, I would look for double-digit sacks out of this guy. Um, definitely an athlete coming off the edge, you know, and, and could play his way into, uh, you know, onto some draft boards before it's all said and done. And then the secondary, if you're looking for for a group that um, is going to be questionable, you know, I think there are a lot of teams where. Uh, the secondaries are going to be questioned. And, and I think Wisconsin is one of those. Um, Dakota Dixon is going to be the guy there at safety. Um, you know, doesn't have uh, Natrell Jamerson playing playing next to him anymore. But uh, Dixon, the strong safety, he's going to have to be the guy to carry the load, um, you know, as the as the veteran there in that group. But uh, Wisconsin, they should have, have an easy time there with, uh, with the Hilltoppers in the first game of the season. Stanford gets to play. We'll get to see the Heisman campaign kickoff for Bryce Love against San Diego State. Um, you know, the Aztecs are, are, are trying to replace Rashad Penny. Um, they're going to try that with, with junior Jawan uh, Washington, you know, who had over 700 yards uh, on the ground, seven touchdowns, also dynamic uh, return man. Uh, safety Tarek Thompson, here's a guy to kind of keep an eye on. He was a freshman All-American a season ago, uh, five interceptions, um, you know, really a playmaker, someone who, you know, has a chance to come out after the 2019 season. Um, Parker Baldwin, you know, was nickelback, Noble Hall, um, you know, playing up front, had eight and a half tackles for loss a season ago. Those are two guys to keep an eye on for, for the Aztecs. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be all about Bryce Love. It's going to be all about the love there uh, at, at Stanford. 
And uh, Bryce Love, man, you know, you look at, at what this guy was able to accomplish with a high ankle sprain. You know, just imagine what he could have accomplished had he had he been healthy for the entire season. He still rushed for uh, 2,118 yards, 19 touchdowns. Yes, that average equates to 8.1 uh, yards per carry. Um, you know, uh, let's see, you know, 2017. Um, let's see, 100-yard games in, in 12, 12 of the 13 games, seven straight 100-yard games, 263 yards against UCLA, 301 against uh, ASU, uh, three games with over a 10-yard average, five games with multi-rushing touchdowns, 11 games with a long of 50-plus yards. Um, you know, and all he needed was a crease. You know, to you know, just he can get skinny fitting through those holes, uh, the lateral quickness, you know, able to just put it, put his foot in the ground and, and, uh, and you know, make a cut without losing any speed. Um, someone who's dynamic in the open field, he'll set you up and, and make you look silly. Um, and then again, the, the explosive speed to go the distance playing with that high ankle sprain. He really showed off his toughness too. This was a guy who would bust off a, a, a 30 or 40 yard run. Uh, the defender would come in and, and would you know make an ankle tackle, re-aggravate that injury. He would hobble off to the sideline, would get taped. Um, everyone's looking at it, you know, thinking now's the time he's finally going to go ahead and, 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 uh, and sit out the rest of the game wrong. Bryce love. Gets taped up, goes right back in the game, busts off another 20, 30 yard run, gets hurt. You know, that re aggravates the ankle injury, hobbles off to the sideline, rinse, repeat. Um, you know, he's going to be healthy this year. And, uh, you know, opposing offenses watch or opposing defenses watch out. You know, Clancy Pendergast, you better start game planning now for Stanford, uh, you know, week two uh, when they when they play USC. Um, Offensive line. If you're going to be blocking for for a guy like this, um, you you have to have a, a solid offensive line. Um, you know he's probably going to make you look good too. Uh, Nate Herbig, 6'4", 339 pounds, a junior, 19 starts, first team All Pac-12 as a sophomore. Um, he's probably the leader of that defense along with Jesse Burkett, the 6'4", 304 pound center. Um, you know definitely. Um, an offense to to keep an eye on. Uh, quarterback KJ Costello won the quarterback battle. Uh, Keller Chris is now playing for for Tennessee. Um, you know, offensively, you got JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, a big target there at, at wide receiver. Um, Going to present mismatches for you know against some of the smaller cornerbacks. He's 6'3", 222 pounds, um, over 700 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. He's a red zone nightmare. A guy who uh, is able to win those 50-50 balls. An excellent leaper. Um, and then Caden Smith, you look at the tight end prospects, you know, in this, in this year's draft, um, predominantly, uh, underclassmen, Caden Smith is no exception, 6'5", 250 pounds, 23 receptions, 414 yards, five touchdowns a season ago, a guy that just was able to get vertical, uh, up the seam, um, able to, you know, had a flair for the acrobatic, a guy who could just elevate high point, the football, um, heading down the down the middle of the field, um, you know, if, if I'd like to see you know Caden Smith get even more action there in the offense here in, in 2018, um, you know, and I, I'd like to also see KJ Costello throw Bryce Love the ball a little bit. Um, you know, Love was not has not been much of a uh, a receiver, and I think there's if there's going to be a knock on his game, we've talked about you know Justice Hill. We'll talk about Ronnie Anderson and some of the other backs here in a minute, but uh, you know. He had 15 receptions as a as a true freshman, and then 14 total receptions in the last two seasons, including just six a season ago. 
Um, can we get him the football just a little bit more? It's, it's kind of a surprise, especially considering you had uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, catching the do everything back and the Heisman runner up there for Stanford. Um, you know, you really want to see, you know, what Bryce Love can do in the passing game. Hopefully they'll allow that to happen. Um, defensively for Stanford, um, you know, they kind of had to retool things a little bit. Um, you know, they lost Harrison Phillips up front. Dylan Jackson is going to be the guy leading the way for the defensive line. Uh, Bobby Okereke, um, you know, he was the, the leader of that defense. You know, nine, uh, 96 tackles, uh, four sacks. Um, you know, led the, led the team in both categories. Um, you know, Peter Kalambayi is no longer there, so it's going to be Bobby's, uh, Bobby Okereke's um, line or linebacking core, uh, you know, to really lead the way there. Uh, Elijah Holder, can he stay healthy on the, on the outside? Big cornerback, uh, can make plays on the football, has decent ball skills, but again, can he stay healthy? It's a secondary that's already lost Justin Reed and Quentin Meeks to the NFL, so, um, you know, Holder is going to be a guy that's going to be relied upon there. Um, I, I think Stanford offensively is going to be a terror. The question is going to be whether or not that defense um, can hold up um, for the entire season there um, in, in a Pac-12 that I think is getting better and better. You, know, you look at the addition of, of, of Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin, those offenses, watch out. All right, let's see. Saturday, September 1st. I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be sitting in front of the TV. I'm going to be watching game day, and I've got my DVR set. It's programmed. I'm going to be watching. Gosh, by the time I'm done, I'll be able to, you know, over the, the course of this weekend, I'll be able to intelligently talk at least a little bit about 44 different teams. You know, that's kind of the plan. If I can get through all 22 games, um, you know, I want to be able to to kind of break things down um, on next week's podcast. So um, wish me luck. But, uh, you know, when we look at, at that, that Saturday, the first set of games kicking off early, uh, early action, I think you have to look at the number seven uh, Oklahoma Sooners playing host to uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, my wife and I actually thought about going and catching the game, but uh, it's going to be 95-plus degree heat. Um, not sure that, uh, you know, I want to do that. But uh, it's going to be two high-powered offenses featuring two of – um, you know, the, the best offensive minds in the country in Lincoln Riley and, and Lane Kiffin. It's also featuring two of the best running back prospects as well. Uh, the first one is Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma, 6'2", 218 pounds. He definitely looks the part, um, you know, and, and the, the question really is going to be obviously durability. You know, he, he sprained his MCL in the spring of, of uh, 2015. And then, you know, in the second game, of the season against Tennessee, he broke his leg trying to make a tackle on a kickoff. And then in 2016, didn't play because he broke his neck in practice and was out for the year. Uh, 2017, kind of a slow start to his year. Um, just 22 carries for 34 yards. Um, you know, six games. He only played in five of them. But uh, finished the season with 1,161 yards uh, and 13 touchdowns because uh, he had 100-plus yards in six of the last eight games, five straight games with with a touchdown. Um, you know, and, and the game against TCU was really what put him put him on the map because he had over 100 yards receiving and a whole over 100 yards rushing um, and, and two touchdowns, um, both rushing and receiving. Um, so just very dynamic player and someone, if he can stay healthy, um, OU is going to be able to, to 
run him quite a bit. They do have some depth there um, at the running back position. Trey Sermon hyperextended his knee in spring, but he's okay. Um, and then uh, they, they have a talented freshman as well um, that you're going to want to keep an eye on as well. Uh, TJ Pledger, um, a name to, to watch there for the Sooners. But uh, Rodney Anderson, definitely someone who is going to get the ball early and often against the Owls. And then when OU takes the field on defense, they're going to have to try to stop Devin Singletary. 5'9", 200 pounds, and this guy is just you know a you know a, a little just ball of, of of excitement, just so so quick. Um, you know he's he's surprisingly powerful for for his size, um, but uh, he was a thousand yard rusher as a freshman, and uh, then you you saw just you know Lane Kiffin comes in, and this kid was just an absolute beast, just so dynamic for FAU. Um, you know, just it, I, I just shaking my head here, looking at at what he was able to accomplish over 1,900 yards, 1,918 to be exact, 32 touchdowns. I mean, it, it's unreal um, what he was doing. Um, you know, over 100 yards in each of his of his last 12 games. Had a five state five game stretch with 14 touchdowns. Um, you know, just a guy who you know is so explosive on the outside. Um, you know, and you know he's he's a weapon in the passing game. He has 45 career receptions in just two seasons with the Owls. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch that running back battle. Um, who's going to win that? That's really going to be a huge question. Um, obviously, you also have uh, first round pick Kyler Murray taking over as the starting quarterback from Baker Mayfield. Um, he's going to be kind of a one and done guy there at the quarterback position for OU. Um, he's going to be throwing the ball to Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Uh, Marquise Brown, you know, came in first year there for the Sooners, over a thousand yards receiving, um, just so explosive out of the slot. You know, can get vertical, um, you know, and, and just a dynamic receiver. He's going to be leading that that receiving core that also has C.D. Lamb um, at, at receiver, and then Grant Calcaterra, the tight end. Up front, Orlando Brown Jr. He's moved on to the to the league, and uh, you know that means that Bobby Evans is going to be the guy up front. You know, he's moving over to to left tackle. Um, after you know 26 career starts at right tackle, um, he has potential to be uh, you know the the next in line in terms of uh, OU linemen. Um, you know Bobby Evans, 6'4", 312 pounds. Um, you know his home may be on 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 the right side, but I really want to see what he can do at left tackle. Um, will he come out after his junior year? Probably not. You know unless he's just so dominant on the left side. I really want to see what he can do if he can actually you know be uh, a left tackle for two seasons. Can he hold up? Um, is he a prototypical left tackle? Maybe not. But uh, as we saw with Isaiah Wynn going 23rd overall to the Patriots. Um, you know the the game is changing a little bit in terms of you know what we're looking at and what we see as a uh, um, you know an, an, an NFL offensive tackle. Looking defensively, FAU has has a guy that you know not many people have been talking about, not many people really know him, um, but get to know him you know very quickly. Look for number two, Aziz Al Shair. Uh, 6'2", 228 pounds, back to back 100 tackle seasons, including 147 a season ago. Um, just so, so explosive, um, you know, and just a guy who, you know, is going to take you to the football, um, very instinctive, um, let's see, um, you know, in terms of the tackles for loss, you know, 28 tackles for loss in his career, and, uh, 
you know, just a guy who who can make plays all over the football field. Four pass breakups a season ago as well. Um, you know, uh, Aziz Al Shair has a chance. You know, for for three straight um, hundred tackle seasons, um, has a chance to go over four hundred total tackles. So if if you want to know where the football is going to be going there, um, you know, in Norman, just keep an eye on number two, and he'll take you right to where that football is going to be. Um, an excellent open field tackler. Um, just excellent range as well. But he's not the only guy that the Owls have um, on that defense. Hunter Snyder is uh, you know, a 6'7", 260-pound defensive end. He's the leader up front, eight tackles for loss, six sacks a season ago. And then Jalen Young, the strong safety. You know, he's 5'11", 185 pounds. Um, you know, and you know, 100 tackles as a sophomore, seven interceptions as a junior. Um, you know, so he has uh, some versatility there. Um, you know, and then, you know, for the Owls, you know, the the offense, you know, it, it's, you know, led by DeAndre Johnson, the former um, Florida State quarterback. You know, you have sophomore Willie Wright at, at receiver and then West Virginia transfer uh, Javon Durante. Um, you know, left tackle Reggie Bain, 6'4", 300 pounds, has a chance, um, you know, to make it at the next level. They're, they'll take on that OU defense. It's it's young. You know, it's really led by, by junior linebacker, um, you know, Caleb Kelly, cornerback Purnell, uh, Motley, um, but just a lot of young guys there um, up front for the uh, for OU. You know, Kenneth Murray was a guy who was getting beaten repeatedly against Georgia. Um, but, you know, I, I remember watching USC play Texas in uh, in that that legendary Rose Bowl game where Vince Young ultimately, um, you know, dashed, uh, you know, my, my Trojans hopes of, uh, of, of a back to back um but you know Brian Cushing was a guy who you know seemed to be caught inside a lot when Vince Young was going around the edge Brian Cushing wound up being an all-American outside linebacker and you know ultimate or I'm sorry inside linebacker and ultimately you know had a nice career there with with the Houston Texans so you know don't rule things out yet for Kenneth Murray you know he started as a true freshman you know he's a sophomore now let's see what he can do you know, he struggled mightily throughout the season, but a guy who I think that's valuable games game experience. You saw what it did for Cushing. Let's see what it can do for uh, for Kenneth Murray. Number five, Ohio State. They're hosting the Beavers of Oregon State. OSU playing OSU. Uh, first game of Urban Meyer suspension. Ryan Day is going to be the head coach. Um, you know, this is going to be your first look at at Nick Bosa. You know who could be the number one overall pick and even be better than his brother Joey. Eight and a half sacks a season ago. Um, the hand usage, just like his brother. I mean, the hands are just so explosive to, um, you know, quickly slap away that that offensive tackle's hands. Um, gets his hands underneath um, the offensive tackle's pad level to really disrupt him and, and get him off balance, and then able to quickly shoot inside. Um, you know, to make an inside move to the quarterback. Um, you know, just but. You know he bends very well, just so so flexible, um, able to, to dip and rip. And you know when he turns the corner and flattens out to the quarterback, um, he's relentless in his pursuit of uh, of the QB. But he's not the only guy up front. You know Draymond jo- uh, Draymond Jones, the defensive tackle, just so athletic. He, he's explosive, a, a guy who you're going to see get quick penetration. Um, you know uses his arms, um, you know long arms well. You know, this is a guy who who chased down you know uh, Karan Higdon uh, of of Michigan you know about 30 yards down the field, um, so he's definitely a guy that's fun to watch. You know he can he can sack the quarterback, um, you know with with a quick move, um, and, and can can 
penetrate the A-gap early to, to disrupt, disrupt the run. And then uh, the, the strong safety, Jordan Fuller, 6'2", junior. He's a pretty balanced, pretty well-rounded safety. Um, he's someone who could be the next, you know, the next Ohio State defensive back to uh, to enter the draft early and be selected early on in the draft. Offensively, you know, the the running backs, you know, J.K. Dobbins is only a sophomore, um, so he'll be likely featured in in next year's draft. Um, but you know, he's going to be sharing the backfield a little bit with Mike Weber, someone who uh, you know to keep an eye on as as a potential draft pick. Though um, you know, I think sharing the sharing the load. Um, you know, it's one of those things we saw with with uh, Bo Scarborough. It kind of hurt his draft stock a little bit. He fell. Um, you know, I, I don't know how well Mike Mike uh, Weber is going to test in terms of the speed. Um, he's going to really have to separate himself if he's going to be anything other than a fourth or fifth round pick at this point. Um, offensive line for for the Buckeyes. You know, Jamarco Jones and uh, and Bryce. Or I'm sorry, Billy Price are gone, but uh, Isaiah Prince moves over to left tackle. Michael Jordan, you know, who started since he, he was a freshman there um, at guard. They're the guys that are going to be setting the tone up front. Um, so who's going to be throwing the football, though? Uh, it's going to be Dwayne Haskins taking over for JT Barrett. Um, seemed like he was there for the better part of a decade. Um, but uh, Haskins is leading the way, um, and he's going to be trying to get the ball to, to Paris Campbell. Will Campbell really live up to the hype? You know, I've heard everybody talk about him being such a, a top draft pick, but you know I want to see it. You know I'm gonna the proof is often in the pudding, and can he be productive on the outside? He's explosive, no no doubt about that. But I haven't been able to see that production uh, consistently, game in and game out, from Paris Campbell for me to really get too excited. You know you'll be drafted based on potential, but you know is he going to be a guy? who at the next level is going to be making plays game in and game out. I just I don't know the answer to that just yet. Number 23, Texas taking on Maryland. Um, you know, you got, you know, the the receiving core is led by by Colin Johnson and Lil, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh the two big wideouts, they're both juniors. Uh Sam Ellinger will be getting him the football. Um Defensively, the guy I'm going to be keeping on, you know, leading, keeping an eye on, leading the secondary is is cornerback Chris Boyd, um, another uh, corner who who has decent size, um, you know, who I, I I think can make some plays there for 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 Texas, um, you know, Maryland, you know, they're going to be they're going to be running Ty Johnson, the versatile back, um, out there, you know, against the Longhorns. And uh, left tackle Derwin Gray is a guy to keep an eye on. You know he's he's a he's a tackle or a guard. Um, I, I think he'll probably be a guard at the next level, um, but uh, a veteran up front and uh, you know someone for me that I think um, you know can end up making some plays there. Overall, you know up front, I, you know it's it's going to be fun watching watching Derwin Gray lead the way, um, you know to allow the running back to make plays. Um, but let's see, I wanted to see something here. Um, Damian Prince at right tackle. I think I overlooked it because it looks like they may not necessarily have him penciled in as a starter, but, uh, let's see. But you know, the, the, the deal with Damian Prince is, you know, he's six four, three hundred fifteen pounds, 30 starts at right tackle. He has a chance to also be a, an offensive guard, um, there at the, at the next level. Um, so two, two offensive guards blocking there for, for Ty Johnson. I just don't know if Maryland has enough, 
um, skill position players to really you know be be effective against Texas. Although Texas, you know, they're 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 young up front. Um, they do have uh, Charles Amena who um, who can be disruptive. They have Anthony Wheeler playing middle linebacker. Um, he's a senior now, and uh, PJ Locke is uh, you know he was kind of the, the the nickel or the third safety. Now he's going to be the uh, the strong safety there, starting for for Texas. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think Texas will be a little bit too much for Maryland. James Madison. FCS champions, they get to play the uh, NC State Wolf Pack. We'll get to see uh, the you know the two corners for for uh, for James Madison. Um, you know they they've got two uh, just dynamic players um, and guys who I think have a chance at the next level. Uh, the first ones were Rashad Robinson, you know five eleven, one hundred eighty three pounds, ten interceptions, twenty five pass breakups in his career, and then Jimmy Moreland. Everyone's been talking about Rashad Robinson, but Jimmy Moreland, five eleven, one hundred seventy five pounds, little slight, but forty eight passes defended in his career. So the ball ball skills are evident. I watched him play against uh, North Dakota State. Definitely a guy who can be a lockdown corner. That's what makes James Madison so good is you when you have two lockdown corners there on the outside, um, you know they're allowed to to kind of you know take some chances there defensively. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what those guys can do against NC State with uh, with Ryan Finley. Uh, Ryan Finley, the quarterback uh, there, he'll be a you know it's his third year starting um, for NC State after transferring from from Boston College. I'm sorry, from uh, from Boise State, not Boston College. Uh, from Boise State, six uh, four, two hundred and ten pounds. You know, he followed uh, you know Elijah uh, uh, Drinkwitz um, over to uh, NC State. Was given an extra year of eligibility and really started as a um, as a redshirt sophomore in 2016. Um, just a guy who is very efficient. You know, a 65% passer a season ago. Um, someone who you know he excels with the ball placement. Just able to drop the ball in over the over the shoulder, uh, the touch down the sideline to put it in front of the linebacker, over the linebacker and in front of the safety. Um, touch on the back shoulder fade. You know, he and and, and Kelvin Harmon uh, do that so well. Um, he's patient, you know, excellent timing, um, fits the ball, like I said, into, into uh, tight windows. He's a pocket passer, quick release. He's got a good but not a great arm, um, but definitely very efficient. Uh, eye discipline is something that he needs to really work on. Um, you know, he only threw six interceptions a season ago, but a lot of errant throws that uh, could have been picked off. Um, so he's got to really watch the eyes a little bit. Um, and I mentioned Kelvin Harmon earlier. Uh, 6'3", 210 pounds. As a sophomore, this was a guy who was just a beast. Um, over 1,000 yards receiving, big target, athletic, going to be a red zone nightmare. Um, not the fastest guy, but he's going to win all the 50-50 balls. Um, you know, Has a, a flair for the acrobatic, um, excellent body control. Here's the issue with Kelvin Harmon, you know, and I mentioned it when we were talking about Preston Williams earlier. Um, you've got the long arms. Don't let that ball get into the body. Catch the ball. Um, with those arms extended, don't let a defender make a play on the football. Don't let the ball get into where you might be able to bobble it, fumble it, and you know, let the defenders make a play. Um, that's really what I want to see from Kelvin Harmon. Can he make that jump? If he can do that, then you know he has a chance to have a huge year. Um, you know, playing with Ryan Finley, who has a chance to be the number one quarterback taken in the draft. So you know, you're going to have a lot of eyes on you. So you're going to have a chance to make plays. And if you want to be a receiver, if you want to crack the, the that that 
discussion there with with the top receivers in the draft, the AJ Browns out of out of Mississippi, Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo, uh, Nikhil Harry out of out of Arizona State. If you want to be mentioned in in that same class, you're going to have to make sure that you're being consistent with the football. Um, so, but I'm expecting high things from from Kelvin Harmon. I'm hoping that he does work on those things. Um, a couple of offensive linemen for them that are also going to be potential draft prospects. Uh, Tyler Jones, uh, he's playing left tackle, undersized, 6'3", 300 pounds. Um, their center, Garrett Bradbury. Um, are going to be the two guys to really kind of keep an eye on there um, offensively. Um, defensively, though, man, they got to replace some some studs. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb, obviously, you know, the number five overall pick of the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, I said you know quite a bit in, in my um, in my, my my draft coverage uh, of, of the 2018 draft that you know Bradley Chubb was a guy who could very well have been the the number two overall pick. Um, just so explosive. I've been been a fan of his. Um, for quite some time, and I'm looking for him to do some big things there opposite Vaughn Miller in Denver. Um, B.J. BJ Hill, um, the defensive tackle, he moved on to the Giants. Justin uh, Jones, the other defensive tackle, he's gone as well. Um, so they've got some guys to replace. Uh, Darian Rosebrower is probably going to be the you know, one of the guys to keep an eye on there. Um, but uh, the big play linebacker is Jermaine Pratt, you know, just a guy who always seems to be making plays. That's a name to watch out for if you get a chance to watch NC State play James Madison. I know that's a game that I'm going to be interested in. A couple of other games early. You're going to be looking at uh, Houston versus Rice. You'll get to see Ed Oliver um, you know, really uh, you know, start out that 2018 campaign. Is he going to be another Aaron Donald? That's going to be a huge question. And then Clemson takes on Furman, you know, and uh, you know, that's where um, you know, you probably won't see a ton of, of Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, um, and Austin Bryant, but uh, you know, this is going to be the first game that they're going to really get to uh, get to be out there in, in 2018. That dominant, dominant defensive line. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do. So the early afternoon games. I think the game to watch is number six Washington against number nine Auburn. You know, I mean, you're talking about a, a top 10 matchup and really the, the, the most exciting thing here, I think, is is that UW offense against the Auburn defense. You know, that's really what I'm going to be tuning in and that's really what I want to watch. Uh, Jake Browning, the quarterback, um, you know, really saw a drop in production, you know, in, two, in 2017. You're hoping that he can return to his form from 2016 where he threw for over th- uh, 3,400 yards, 43 touchdowns and just nine interceptions. He doesn't have a big arm, but he's very efficient, makes a lot of good decisions. I think he sees the field very well, goes through his progressions, takes what the defense is going to give him, you know, takes some shots down the field, but you know, he doesn't have a great arm. So, you know, it's, it's going to be all about ball placement, timing, and, uh, and being efficient. Someone who I think could excel in a West Coast offense. Jake Browning, not going to be a, a number one, at least not, not right off the bat, um, but somebody who I think could be a, a definitely a capable backup, if nothing else. So you got to keep Jake Browning upright, and uh, you, know, you also have to, have to block for the running game. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got two tackles who are definite pro prospects. Uh, starting with with Trey Adams. Trey Adams was my favorite offensive lineman uh, coming into uh, the, the the 2017 season, and uh, was really bummed when he went down to injury, tore his ACL in in October. 30 career starts though, six eight, 327 pounds, um, so long, um, just incredibly long arms for for the the, the big guy. 
Um, he's physical at the point of attack to, to control his, his man in the, in the run game. Um, a knee bender um, there and, and, and pass protection. I think he moves well laterally, does a good job getting his hands on the defensive end early. And then once he gets his hands on him, then he's not going to let up. Um, excellent punch at the point of attack. Um, and, and like I said, you know, he, he's, he's physical at the point. Um, he likes to manhandle his man can also climb to the second level as well. Um, does a good job, you know, being able to control his man when he gets his hands underneath, able to turn the guy outside, um, when he does get his hands under the pad level, somebody who's really going to be a lot of fun to watch and has a chance, uh, competing with, with Jonah Williams of Alabama, Greg Little of, uh, of Mississippi, um, you know, to be the, the top offensive tackle taken in the draft. Um, but uh, Caleb McGarry, the right tackle, he's no slouch either. You know, 32 career starts for uh, um, for the dogs and, uh, you know, 6'8", 325 pounds, and you got a couple of trees there at the offensive tackle. You know, first team all pack 12. Caleb McGarry, definitely someone who, uh, you know, probably won't get out of the fourth round of, of the draft. These guys are going to be blocking for Miles Gaskin. I just realized that, uh, last week I didn't even talk about Miles Gaskin um, when I was breaking down you know the top players at each position. I have no idea what happened. Major oversight on my part. But Miles Gaskin, 5'10", 203 pounds, over 1,300 yards in each of his three seasons there for the Huskies. Uh, 21 touchdowns a season ago. Um, and uh, let's see, do the quick math. 45 total in his career. Um, had 19 receptions in each of the last two seasons. Um, so all total, you know, 44 receptions there um, for, for Jake Browning and, and four touchdowns, um, you know, receiving. Um, just so so explosive, you know, and, and just a, a, a versatile threat. Somebody who I think has a chance to be a, a day two pick when it's all said and done. Um, you know, the passing attack, you know, Jake Browning, who's he going to get the ball to? Um, you know, tight end Hunter Bryant is is back. He's healthy. Uh, Chico McClatcher, the receiver, you know, coming back from an ankle injury. You're going to have to replace Dante Pettis, and the chances are it's going to be uh, incoming freshman uh, Marquise uh, Spiker. Um, that's going to be the name to uh, to really listen for. Um, he's a guy who can end up taking over for for Pettis and really being a you know being explosive on the outside. Uh, and and this offense is going to be going up against you know especially. Um, you know what's going to be interesting is what that interior of that line is going to be doing with with Derek Brown. You know, six five, three hundred sixteen pounds, uh, nine and a half. Uh, you know, tackles for loss. Very active. Um, you know, playmaker there at at defensive tackle. He's only a junior, but could come come out of, um, come out um, at the end of the end of the year with another big season from him. Um, but then you also have Marlon uh, Davidson. Uh, the defensive end and the nose tackles on Tavius Russell. All three of those guys are going to be pro prospects. You know, I think Derek Brown is 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 a, a possible first round pick. I think a, a big year from him. He'll be able to sneak into the to the back half of the first round. Uh, Marlon Davidson, only a junior. Um, you know, and then Dontavious Russell, the nose tackle. He has a pro potential as well. Um, you know, at linebacker, they've got Deshaun Davis. You know, he was a top top tackler from a season ago, 5'11", 246 pounds, very active all over the field. Uh, and then Jamel Dean, the corner, um, you know, he's going to be leading the secondary there for Auburn, um, really going to look to try to disrupt things for, for, uh, for Jake Browning. And then when Auburn has the football, you know, you have to obviously talk about uh, Jarrett Stidham. You know, he came in, you know, from uh, from Baylor, sat out the uh, the 2016 season, took over the helm, and uh, in 2017 was a very efficient passer. 
you know, 10 games over completing over 60% of his passes, um, you know, and, and, uh, has a very good command of the offense. I think he does a great job seeing the field, goes through his progressions well. Excellent ball placement down the football field. I think, you know, that touch to drop it over the linebacker in front of the safety as well. Excellent timing. Um, you know, it was interesting when he played Georgia. He went 7-7 seven seven for 54 yards and a touchdown before his first incompletion. That's against that vaunted Georgia defense a season ago. You know, elusive in the pocket. You know, keeps his eyes downfield. Does a great job man- uh, manipulating the pocket to uh, to buy time. You know, the, really the biggest thing is 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 the inconsistent decision-making. And when you look at the stats, 18 touchdowns, only six interceptions. But I think that number is a little deceiving. You know, he'd try to force the ball down the field, throw it across his body. Um, you know, and, and then ball security in the pocket was huge. Nine fumbles, including three in the red zone at the close of the season. Lost a total of six fumbles. Also sacked 35 times a season ago. He's going to have to clean that up. You know, I hear a lot of people talking about him as possibly one of the top quarterbacks taken. You got to clean up some of those things if you're, you know, if you're going to make it at the next level. Of course, I say that, and you look at Sam Darnold, who was the, uh, you know, the, the FBS leader in fumbles, and uh, he ended up being the number three overall. Uh, overall pick um but uh you know 6'2 215 pounds you know again he's, he's definitely a, a tremendous athlete um i i just think some of his decision making he's really gonna have to get that tightened up and he's throwing the ball to some veteran receivers he's got uh the the diminutive ryan davis uh the senior and then uh, Darius Slayton and Nate uh, Craig Myers are the bigger receivers. They're both juniors. Really like Darius Slayton, what he brings to the table. Uh, you got to take, you know, uh, you know, carry on Johnson. He's there with the with the Lions. See a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people playing fantasy football, picking him up, thinking he might be the breakout guy there, uh, the rookie uh, running back to uh, be the next Kareem Hunt. Um, Cam Martin, the junior, taking over for him. Uh, but really, the question is going to be, what's that offensive line going to do? You know, they lost Austin Gol- uh, Austin Golson and Braden Smith to the NFL. Um, you know, what is is the offensive line line coach JB Grimes going to be able to to, to do? You know, you got Prince T- uh, Tega uh, Winago, six seven, three hundred seven pounds, excellent length, four game starter. But uh, you know, everyone's saying that in in camp, you know, really the light uh, light bulb came on, and so he's someone to keep you know keep an eye on. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put him in the upper echelon of the offensive tackles. Um, he's really going to have to prove that uh, you know he can play an entire season, um, start and be dominant um, for you know anyone to really move him up draft boards. Washington defensively, no more Vitavea, no more Keyshawn Bieria, and no more um, uh, Azim Victor. Yeah, but uh, you know Greg Gaines um, on the defensive line, six two, three hundred sixteen pounds, fourteen tackles for loss and five sacks in his career. Um, a guy who you know he and Vita Vea were interchangeable. They were playing, you know, e- each of them were playing on the nose. They were also playing, um, you know, an end in their three four scheme. And uh, you know Gaines is a guy who, again, another guy up front, someone who will probably be like a fourth or fifth round pick, but a guy who's definitely going to make a roster. Um, ben Burke Kirvin. He has the unenviable task, um, you know, of having to, uh, you know, replace Victor and and Bieria, who meant so much to that Husky defense. Six foot, two hundred twenty-one pounds. He's undersized, but a guy who made plays all over the field. Um, and then in the secondary, you've got Taylor Rapp, six foot, two hundred twelve pounds, the junior free safety. Um, you know, has a flair for the big play. Um, all Pac-12 performer. 
Um, and then you have junior Jojo McIntosh, you know, the strong safety, a big hitter um, there in the in the secondary. So uh, they'll be keeping an eye, you know, over the top against uh, against Jarrett Stidham. But I think the Huskies, when it's all said and done, I think there's just too much depth um, there and too many, um, you know, explosive plays against Auburn. I think uh, the Huskies are going to be the ones that are going to be victorious in that game. Number 17, West Virginia. I'm going to make sure I tune into this game as well. They're playing Tennessee. I just want to see what Will Greer can do. You know, 30, just under 3,500 yards in 11 games uh, before the broken finger. Um, you know, West Virginia wound up losing all three of those games without him. 34 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Got that gunslinger mentality. Don't try to throw across your body. You know, don't throw the ball late. Um, you know, and make sure that if you're throwing the ball down the field, don't let the ball drift inside. Don't let the defenders make the make a play on the football. Um, but I think you know, Will Greer, if he has a big year, he'll be in the Heisman discussion. Um, he'll be throwing the ball to, to David Sills, his favorite target, 18 touchdowns a season ago. I mean, the guy was just, you know, all he, he was like Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdowns. And then uh, Gary Jennings, you know, who quietly had a thousand yard receiving uh, year. I don't know how you can quietly have a thousand yard receiving year, but I didn't even realize that Gary Jennings went over a thousand yards. Um, but uh, he's definitely someone to to keep an eye on, um, you know, especially with Will Greer being healthy. Uh, Keller Christ, I said, you know, he transferred from Stanford to to Tennessee. He's going to be the guy likely carrying the load there for them. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting there for for Tennessee. You know, Trey Smith, the the left tackle, he's going to be a pro prospect. He's only a sophomore, but someone to keep an eye on. Defensively, you know, they're they're very young, but uh, you know, the guy I want to keep an eye on is Jonathan Kongbo at defensive end. Can he take his game to the next level? He's going to have to do that if he expects to be drafted in uh, in you know in April. Penn State, Appalachian State, Penn State. You know what? They got to replace a lot of guys. You know, a lot of weapons for Trace McSorley. You know, Saquon Barkley, um, you know, Deshaun Hamilton, and, and Mike Gesicki. You know, the the running back, receiver, and, and tight end combos there. Um, you know, Miles uh, Sanders is going to be replacing uh, Saquon Barkley, and then the receivers. You know, DeAndre Tompkins is going to be the senior, um, and then Juwan Johnson, the junior, 6'2", 226 pounds, seven hundred yards receiving. He's going to be the go-to guy, I think, when it's all said and done for Trace McSorley. McSorley is the undersized quarterback. Um, you know, I think he can draw some comparisons to Baker Mayfield because of the fact that you know he has a little bit of that that swagger. You know, whenever he hits that touchdown, uh, a touchdown pass, you're going to see that a baseball swing of his. Um, he's definitely a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. You know, just the the, the charisma that, you know with which he plays. Um, only two restur- uh, two returning starters there on defense, um, you know. But one of the guys that's coming back, you know, and you know they they played a lot of guys defensively. Um, but one of the guys that's coming back that's not a starter um, was Amani Oruwariye. Four interceptions a season ago. He's a bigger cornerback. I really want to see what he can do now that Grant Haley is gone. He's going to be stepping in. He's going to be the leader of that secondary. Um, you know, Oruwariye, you know, is a guy who I think um, can end up having a big year there for Penn State. And then they're playing Appalachian State, and I really want to see what Jalen Moore can do. Five uh, eleven, two hundred seven pounds. Um, you know, he was a 2016 Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year. Battled injuries in 2017, still rushed for over a thousand yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Moore is going to be healthy. 
what can you do against this Penn State defense that only is returning two starters, but has a lot of de- you know, had a lot of depth. Um, you know, it's really going to be interesting. You know, I don't think App State has um, has the weapons to be able to take down Penn State, but uh, you know, if Jalen Moore can have a big game against uh, you know a Power Five team, especially one like Penn State, um, you know, I think that's going to bode well for Jalen Moore's uh, draft stock. Kentucky. Uh, gets to play Central Michigan, um, so if, if you're looking for you know an uh, you know basically an underappreciated running back, Benny Snell um, for for the Wildcats, back to back thousand yard seasons, including over you know 1300 yards in 2017. He's got uh, you know defensively they've got Josh Allen, playmaker at outside linebacker, and Mike Edwards, you know a safety uh, to kind of keep an eye on. 235 total tackles in his career, 11 and a half tackles for loss, eight interceptions. Um, you know, and, and, you know, makes plays on the football. Um, you know, I think 17, I can't read my notes. I don't know if that's 11 or 17. Um, but he makes plays on the football, you know, um, you know, knows what to do when he, when he arrives at the ball. Um, Iowa taking on, uh, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois is returning, you know, most of their starters up front are on, on, on that offense. And, uh, um, you know that's that's one of the things that you're really going to want to want to see what they can do against Iowa. Yeah, uh, eight eight returning starters. Uh, their offense averaged you know 28.9 points a game, 377.8 uh, yards per game, and uh, you know they're going to be going up against a defense where you know they're, they're uh, their whole linebacking core needs to be replaced. You know Josie Jewell, um, you know who I think is going to end up um, starting there for for Denver on the inside. You know Ben Neiman, Bo Bauer, all gone. Uh, the corner, Josh Jackson, he's gone as well. Um, you know, so really, you know, the guy that uh, that you're going to want to keep an eye on who has pro potential, he's a junior, uh, but it's six seven. Anthony Nelson playing defensive end. I think he's the guy who can ultimately transition, be a 3-4 um, end. You know, I, I think that five technique is really going to be his his uh, his home. I think you know he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Aaron Smith, who played for so you know so many years there with with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but you know what I'm going to be excited is is seeing him going up against Max Sharping, of uh, you know for the Huskies. Uh, Max Sharping is a guy who you know played. Um, let's see, eleven pressures, um, you know, in, in in three seasons, according to Pro Football Focus, and his his rating anywhere from an eighty five point five to an eighty five eighty nine point five in the three seasons. Uh, again, that's according to Pro Football Focus. Um, six six, three hundred twenty pounds. He he's the guy, kind of the forgotten man. You look at all of these offensive tackles that I listed. I didn't even mention Dalton uh, Reisner out of out of uh, K State. Um, you know, six five, three hundred pounds, thirty eight game starter. You know as well. Uh, but Max Sharping is a guy who I think you know he can drop a little bit. You look at David Bakhtiari out of out of Colorado, a guy who moved up some draft draft boards. Packers were able to be patient. I think they took him. You know, he was a day three pick. I think Max Sharping is a guy who's probably going to be a day three pick, but a guy who's going to start at the next level before it's all said and done. Um, you know, so Iowa with that defense, a lot of holes to fill. Going up against the Huskies with eight returning starters on offense, and uh, you know some explosiveness there. Um, you know it's going to be interesting. Is that you know a recipe for an upset? Um, you know I don't know that that's going to be the case though because you're looking at Iowa offensively. You've got Nate Stanley 
over 2,400 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, you know, the weird thing was with him was he'd have a game like uh, like he did against Ohio State, a 55-24 win, just dominant fashion against uh, against the Buckeyes. Very next game went eight of 24 for just uh, you know just 42 yards passing uh, against Wisconsin. So you can't have that big of a swing. Um, you would expect to be, uh, you know, a, a, a team that's taking their their game to the next level. Um, but Nate Stanley definitely uh, has some has some weapons. You know, most notably his tight end Noah Fant, six uh, five, two hundred forty one pounds, the junior. Um, what's crazy with with Noah was the fact that you know, of his thirty receptions, eleven of them went for touchdown. Um, so if that's any indication of, of the explosiveness that, that Noah Fant has, um, you know, he he's definitely has first round potential. Um, you know, has a chance to probably be in the top 20, 25 picks. Um, you know, and Nate Stanley as a junior, do I see him entering the draft? Not likely. Um, if he has a big season, there's a chance. Um, but I think that he needs to show that he can be consistent, consistently making plays uh, before I could really put him in the upper echelon of this, um, this quarterback class. Wyoming, they get to take on the Palouse, uh, take on Washington State. Um, you know, we'll see if that defense is for real. I talked about Gaffon, uh, Granderson, Wingard. Um, are they for real? Will they be able to hold up against Mike Leach's passing attack? That's going to be a huge question. I'm going to be looking forward to, to seeing that matchup. My Trojans, USC, they're in the Coliseum, the new look Coliseum. You know, if you look at it, they've got some some boxes in there now. Um, you know, only seventy two thousand, and they've reduced it from over ninety thousand. So, um, going to be a little bit more of an intimate setting there as well. Um, USC, I think they made the news talking about their true freshman JT Daniels taking the helm. You know, he JT Daniels from the same high school where my, uh, Matt Leinart and Matt Barkley went. Modern day, um, he's bringing his his go to weapon Amonra uh, St. Brown, a guy who you know is going to be playing in the slot but can also make plays on the outside. And then you got big receivers Tyler Vaughns and, and Michael Pittman. Um, you know, just so many weapons for for JT Daniels to use. And then offensively, that offensive line has three pro prospects: uh, left guard Chris Brown, maybe um, you know the you know the most consistent of the three. Um, you know, someone who can get out and pull. Um, I think he does a really good job on the move. Uh, Toa Lobendon finally back at his his normal position at center, just playing out of position at left tackle. You know, had an ACL injury. He's finally completely healthy. Um, what can he do there in the middle of that line? And then Chuma Adoga. Um, someone to really keep an eye on um, the right tackle, very athletic, um, you know, and he's someone as well. You know, if he can stay healthy, have a big year, he's somebody who could surprise at the tackle position, you know, and add some added depth to this uh, to this offensive tackle class. Defensively for USC, uh, Cam Smith, I think, is a leader of that defense on the inside. You know, you'll remember Cam as uh, you know the, the guy who who picked off three passes against Utah in his his uh, freshman season, returned one of those for touchdown. Um, you know, over you know, uh, you know, then he tore his ACL to to finish out his his freshman year. I think his sophomore year, he was really trying to get back into the flow of of things. Um, but uh, 2017. Saw you know uh, 112 tackles, 11 for loss. Um, you know picked off another pass. You know and, and showed that he could make some plays in the in the 
in the passing game, but you know, someone who, you know, he, he needs to show that he can play laterally, does a great job against the run, plays well moving, um, getting north south. But when he was asked to have to cover, you know, running backs or uh, tight ends out of the backfield, that's where he really struggled. And uh, you don't want to be pigeonholed as a as a two down linebacker. He's going to have to uh, continue to show that he can drop into coverage and make plays. But he's instinctive. Another linebacker who trusts his eyes. Um, so I think he's he's the type of player who's going to be able to make that transition. Porter Gustin, the outside linebacker there at SC, man. Um, you know, just a guy who um, you know, just had some unfortunate breaks, um, you know, last year, uh, broke his foot or his his toe, and ultimately they, they, they put a plate and, and some screws in his foot, still played against Texas, um, you know, and ultimately ruptured his biceps that ended his year as well, but uh, had back-to-back sacks against Texas, and then the screws kind of moved around in his foot, and uh, ultimately... You know, like I said, also tore his biceps, so that kind of knocked him out for the season. Um, but, you know, Porter Gustin starts out this year. Everyone's thinking this is going to be the year for Porter to really have his breakout. And uh, what does he do? But he tears his meniscus. It looks like he's going to be back. Hopefully he'll get some playing time there against the against the Rebels. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys to play because of, of that intensity coming off the edge. And then uh, Marvell Tell. Uh, the free safety. He and Amon Marshall are going to be leading that secondary. Marvell Tell, you know, he has a chance to be a first-round pick at the safety position. Um, watch him playing over the top there. And then Marshall, 27 career pass breakups. He has to show that he can be consistent. Can he be consistent? I have no idea. Um, you know, he he will look great, you know, making a play on the football down the field, high-pointing the ball, showing off the ball skills. And then the very next play, he'll get lost in a route. You know, he may uh, get juked out on a, on a double move. Um, or he'll just be out of position, and uh, he can't let that happen. You know, if he's going to be a guy in this this cornerback class, you know, outside of uh, Greedy Williams and uh, and DeAndre Baker, he has a chance to end up moving up the uh, up the board. You know, it's really anyone's game after the two of them. Um, can he? solidify himself as the guy he's shown that he can make the plays on the football but you know if you're giving up as many plays as you're making plays then you know that doesn't really bode well for you uh, at the next level um so they'll be taking on um the the, the smallish uh running back there for the rebels 5'9, 170 pound lexington thomas over 1300 yards 17 touchdowns a season ago um, you know, not the biggest guy, um, but again, you look at, uh, you know, Tariq Cohen, um, you know, is he a guy who can make, uh, make some plays? That's going to be a huge question mark there. So, uh, what else do we have on, on, on the agenda there? Uh, UCLA, uh, Chip Kelly, um, their, their era finally kicks off against Cincinnati, uh, Buffalo, um, you know, Buffalo gets to play um, against Delaware State. You're going to get to see the trio of, of Tyree Jackson, the six-seven quarterback, uh, Anthony Johnson, um, thirteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns a season ago, six-two, two hundred seven pounds. My favorite wideout, and then one of my favorite inside linebackers is Khalil Hodge, uh, two hundred seventy-six tackles in two seasons for for uh, the Bulls, uh, thirteen tackles for loss. We I mean, had one hundred fifty-three tackles a season ago. Just you know. He's another guy who trusts his eyes and uh, you know, beats blocks you know, and, and makes plays uh, on the football. One of the later games to really keep an eye on will be Michigan and Notre Dame. Notre Dame ranked number 12 in the, in the country, Michigan at number 14. 
Um, you know, what's going to be interesting is, is, is Notre Dame, you know, up front, Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson are gone. Sam Mustafer and, and Alex bars, the, you know, the center and guard are, are now the, the leaders of that defense up front, but are they going to be able to block, uh, Michigan? You know, they have Rashawn Gary, six, five, 281 pounds, uh, just so explosive. You know, he, he's a guy who, um, you know, you, you can't really block one-on-one, you know, 11 and a half tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. But, uh, you know, for as explosive as Rashawn Gary is, and he has a chance to be a top five pick when it's all said and done. Um, but you look over on the other side and you have Chase Winovich, who was actually the Big Ten leader in sacks and tackles for loss. Had 19 and a half tackles for loss, eight, eight and a half sacks. And, you know, he's active as a, as a defensive lineman, 73 tackles. Um, so if you block, you know, you, you double team Rashawn Gary, then what are you going to do with Chase Winovich? And if you're blocking both of those guys, then you have to watch out for Kalik Hudson, you know, the outside linebacker. He's six foot, 205 pounds, so he's going to be a safety at the next level. But man, talk about a guy who fills up the stat sheets: 73 tackles, 16 for loss, seven and a half sacks, two interceptions, 10, uh, you know, 10 pass breakups, you know, or I'm sorry, nine pass breakups. You know, he was all over the field. Um, so you you've got some guys who can make plays. Uh, in the front seven and on the back half, you got Lavert Hill and David Long, two man-to-man, uh, you know, cover corners, um, you know, there at uh, at corner, at middle linebacker, you got Devin Bush, you know, 100 tackles a season ago, another guy who just makes plays and is all over the field. That Notre Dame front is really going to have to be stout if you're going to be blocking for for Brandon Wimbush. Here's the thing with Brandon Wimbush, you know, he was the Notre Dame's returning, you know, leading rusher that's returning. Uh, because Josh Josh Adams is no longer there. You, know, you also have to replace Equinemia St. Brown, Kevin Stefferson in the receiving game. Um, so a lot of question marks for me You know, there with Notre Dame uh, offensively. Defensively is another story. You know, if you look at the defense, you've got Jerry Tillery at uh, defensive tackle. He's explosive, has excellent length. Um, a, a day two pick. Um, you know what's interesting is he's actually their leading sack guy with four and a half sacks at the defensive tackle position. So, you know they're they're going to have to find uh, some other guys to make some plays on the football. Uh, Tavon Coney, you know definitely active. 116 tackles a season ago. Julian Love with uh, 22 pass breakups at the cornerback position. He'll be giving Shea Patterson some fits. Uh, as will Drew Tranquil. He's a safety uh, playing at outside linebacker. Um, does a great job um, reading the quarterback. Um, you know, but uh, again, Shea Patterson, the transfer from Mississippi. Jim McElwain is stepping in. Um, and it'll, you know, but what's really going to be interesting is you know they've got such a young offense. You know, uh, Karan Higdon is the is the senior at running back, but they have two tight ends. Um, you know who are our our juniors, uh, Sean McCown um, and Zach Gentry. You know you've got Tarek Black and, and Donovan Peoples um, Jones there on you know at the receiver position. Uh, just you know, and, and Grant Perry as well. Just a lot of youth, uh, you know, at the at the skill positions, and um, but a lot of speed and a lot of talent. And uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, Michigan is going to beat Notre Dame. And uh, a lot of people are talking about this being a very close one. I don't see that happening. I look at Michigan's defense. I think they're going to make a lot of plays. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, a lot of short fields, and uh, Shea Shea uh, Patterson's going to be able to take advantage of that. What else do we have? Let's see. Um, Oregon um, versus Boston. Uh, I'm sorry, versus Bowling Green. Uh, Justin Herbert, um, the top passing quarterback or top prospect um, for the at the quarterback position in the draft. You know, six uh, six. Um, just a guy who who makes plays. Um, 
you know, he stepped onto the, onto the field there in, in Eugene and, uh, you know, started, um, fifth game of the year against Washington state, took over for Dakota Prukop and, uh, you know, started seven games four four games with double digit touchdowns with one interception or less, um, you know, moved along, you know, the Gulf coast offense there in 2017, his first four games, they were three and one, um, and, uh, was a 67% passer, over 1,100 yards passing, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. And, uh, you know, against Cal, he was seven of eight for 86 yards and a touchdown. You know, moving very well and then broke his collarbone and his non-throwing shoulder and missed the next five games. You know, is this is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's going to be a huge question mark, but, you know, no, no question that, you know, he has the size, the efficiency, the arm strength, the command of the offense, the eye discipline, the ball, uh, ball placement um, that you're going to be looking for in a quarterback. Moves pretty well in the pocket as well. Um, you know, so, you know, Justin Herbert, you'll get to see him against uh, Bowling Green, um, you know, and uh, like I said, could very well end up being the top quarterback prospect when it's all said and done. Alabama against Louisville. Um, you know, if Lamar Jackson were in this game, I think things would have been a little bit more interesting because Alabama just has three returning starters on defense. Of course, one of them is Raekwon Davis, um, who not only is their leading uh, sack artist, um, you know, returning sack artist with eight and a half sacks, but he also has led the team with 69 tackles. This was a reserve defensive uh, defensive lineman uh, for much of the season, but still ended up with 69 tackles. Pretty impressive uh, for the big man, 6'7", 306 pounds. Um, you know, Isaiah Bugs is another guy at defensive uh, defensive end who's going to be making some plays. Um, Anthony Jennings on the outside is he going to be healthy? That's a big question mark. Um, you know, Mac Wilson, um, four interceptions, led the team. He's back. Um, I didn't sign linebacker, but he also missed time due to injury. As did uh, Dylan Moses, the sophomore. Um, so you know a lot of question marks. You know it's you know the secondary. You lost a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, um, Anthony Averett at at, at corner. Um, so a lot of question marks. So but without Lamar Jackson, you've got Jawan Pass at quarterback. Um, you know he's got you know a couple of wideouts there. There's there's Seth Dawkins, uh, Desmond um, or Des Fitzpatrick. But uh, the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing is, is Jalen Smith, six four, two hundred twenty three pounds. He's a legitimate. Um, uh, a legitimate guy who who can be a, a pro prospect. He has the size, um, has the ability. Um, you know, he he can be explosive, um, has excellent body control, um, especially along the sideline. Can win the 50-50 balls. Knows how to high point the football. Um, just go up and get it at its highest point. Um, they have four returning starters up front. The only guy that they're missing is uh, Jerron Christian, their left tackle, who decided to come out and uh, you know was drafted by the by the Redskins. Um, you know, but they just have have two returning starters defensively. Um, one guy who didn't start, but a guy who's going to be explosive for them again this year is Jonathan Greenard. Um, you know, he he wasn't playing because you had you know James Hearns, you had uh, you know Trevin Young, um, a lot of different guys playing up front. Still managed to to get to the quarterback seven times. Um, you know, Jonathan Greener is going to be a guy who's going to be giving whoever's quarterback for the for for the Crimson Tide, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa or uh, Jalen Hurts, going to be giving them some fits. Um, I would anticipate Greener to be lining over uh, you know, jo- uh, Jonah Williams quite a bit as well. Jonah Williams, the left tackle, um, started every game there for Bama. Um, first at right tackle as a freshman, and then moving over to left side as as a sophomore. Um, just a technician, a guy who moves very well, 
um, just you know an intelligent offensive lineman um, has a chance has a great chance to be the number one tackle taken. Um, again, going to be battling with with the likes of uh, of, of Trey Adams and and Gre- uh, Greg Little out of out of uh, Mississippi for that top spot. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, he shed some weight, went over a thousand yards again, but he's one of those guys for me. You know, I know he split time with with Bo Scarborough, but he, he's going to have to he's going to have to be memorable. You know, they're they're running backs who, you know, you, you remember the guys who you're going to look at and say, you know what, is this guy just a guy? Is he just someone who just fits in Alabama's scheme? Or is he really going to be a guy who you can see making plays at the next level? And I just don't know. I don't know with, with Damian Harris if he's going to be able to be that guy. Um, I really want to see what he can do, and uh, he'll get to be able to do that against Louisville week one. Um so that's kind of what you know. I'm looking at there. I think Bama, you know, definitely will be able to t- to handle Louisville, um, especially with a lot of question marks uh, defensively. Um, but uh, you know, that offense, you know, will they be able to put up some points against Bama? I really want to see what uh, you know what Bama can do when they only have three returning starters. Nebraska versus Akron. Why is this game important? It's not only Scott Frost's first game coming back home. But Akron, there are a couple of pro prospects that I want you to keep an eye on. Uh, one of those is Ulysses Gilbert III. This guy is a tackling machine. He's so much fun to watch. If you haven't gotten to see him play, make sure you tune in and watch this game. Um, you know, he, he's one of my favorite players um, in this entire uh, draft class. Uh, 6'1", 225 pounds, um, over 100 tackles in each of the last two seasons, 140 tackles last uh, last year, uh, 21 tackles for loss, eight sacks in his career, um, seven pass breakups, three interceptions, had three interceptions actually, all three of those were in 2017, um, just a guy who flies all over the field, um, and a guy who I think is going to have a chance at the next level, as does Kyron Brown, he's 6'1", a cover corner, 11 pass breakups a season ago, um, you know, just a guy from, you know, two guys from a, uh, group of five school, um, guys that might fly under the radar, but guys who I think can play at the next level. Um, so someone to, you know, some guys to really keep an eye on Iowa state, David Montgomery, like I said, a guy who's kind of flying under the radar. He's going to lead the cyclones against South Dakota state over 1100 yards, uh, on the ground, 11 touchdowns, 36 receptions. Um, he's going to be competing with some of these young guys um, for the, uh, uh, the the top running back spot when it's all said and done. And and I think David Montgomery ha- definitely has a good chance if he can repeat his 20, uh, 2017 performance. Late games on uh, on Saturday, you've got ASU uh, against UTSA. Herm Edwards, you know, return to coaching. Uh, we'll get to see what Nikhil Harry can do um, at the receiver position, catching passes from Manny Wilkins. Um, and then uh, U of A, Arizona, taking on BYU. Kevin Sumlin um, and, and Khalil Tate. You know, I have a feeling that Khalil Tate's going to present a lot of problems for BYU. BYU has uh, the defensive end, Bronson Kafusi. Um, you know, someone to keep an eye on there. Six seven. I'm sorry, not Bron- Bronson's his brother. Um, we're talking about Corbin Kafusi, six uh, seven, former basketball player. Uh, Kalani Sataki's on the hot seat. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Cougars, what type of season they're going to have. Um, but, uh, I think, a, uh, U of a, you know, especially with Kevin Sumlin, 
stepping in, running the offense there with uh, Khalil Tate, who's a dynamic uh, quarterback and kind of the dark horse there for the Heisman. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to see him, definitely, you know, if you can tune in late, especially if you're on the on the East Coast, um, it's a late game, but uh, I think it'd definitely be worth it. Which takes us to Sunday, 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 uh, September 2nd, um, you know, the, the one and only game is going to be uh, Miami, number eight Miami Hurricanes taking on the 25th ranked LSU Tigers, Ed Orgeron on the hot seat there in Baton Rouge. Um, but uh, Miami, you got Malik Rozier, over 3,000 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, but needs to cut down on the interceptions, 14 interceptions a season ago. Um, you know, at wide out, Amon Richards is his vertical threat, a guy who is just so explosive, so quick in and out of his cuts, um, the double moves, setting up his defenders very well. You know, he was injured a season ago, missed some time, only 400 yards receiving. Um, but you know, if he's healthy and, and is you know, back to his explosive self, um, you're going to be seeing him early and often there against LSU. He's going to be matched up against Greedy Williams. Uh, Greedy Williams, to me, is a lockdown corner. You know, you've had Patrick Patterson there. You've had, you know... Um, you know, Tyron Matthew, a lot of different guys coming out of there. You know, that secondary there at LSU. Greedy Williams is the next one to do that. Six interceptions in just 12 games for, for the Tigers. Um, you know, that matchup is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, junior Travis Homer stepped in a season ago when Mark Walton went down to the injury, knee injury, and uh, or I'm sorry, the ankle injury, and uh, you know over 900 yards rushing, uh, eight touchdowns. Um, someone who who I think can be a, a home run threat for the Hurricanes. Uh, Joe Jackson uh, defensively for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, 21 tackles for loss, 14 sacks in his two seasons. Um, and, and, you know, the the video that I keep going back to is him just throwing Mitch Hyatt aside. Uh, Mitch Hyatt, a, a Clemson offensive tackle who's a pro prospect. And Joe, uh, Joe Jackson's one of those, those sleepers there at the defensive end position. Another position of strength. Talked about it in that first podcast of the year. And, uh, you know, I think Joe Jackson's someone to really just keep an eye on. Um, you know, if Miami, you know, that defense starts picking things up, um, I think a lot of it's going to be because of Joe Jackson. And, of course, Shaq Quarterman, um, a guy who's played in every game and started every game there at Miami at middle linebacker. He's the thumper in the middle. You know, again, Denzel Perryman, I remember when he was at, uh, at Miami and was just a downhill thumper. You're going to see the same thing out of Shaq Quarterman. The safety position, you know, Jaquan Johnson, is uh is the the leader there led the team with 96 tackles also led the team with four interceptions he's going to be the guy there he's going to be competing to be potentially the first safety taken in the draft likely you know i i don't see him being lower than the fourth fourth safety taken probably going to be a day two pick lsu who's the starter at quarterback you know joe burrow coming from over from from uh, ohio state he may very well be the guy um, Nick Brossett, is he going to be the running back? You know, you had uh, Leonard Fournette, you had Darius Geis. Um, you know, I feel bad for Geis, you know, going down to that knee injury um, there for, for the skins and out for the year. But, you know, when you have, have a running back, Nick Brossett, just 96 yards in, in his career, and that's your leading returning rusher, um, you know, that's going to, you know, that doesn't bode well necessarily, you know, for you there. Um, you know, it's, it's a young, young offense. And so that's really going to be a huge question mark. You know, is LSU again going to have to sit there and, and win games with their defense? You know, it's going to be led by, by Devin, Devin White. 
133 tackles a season ago. Um, you know, the instincts there are apparent. You know, he's he's a guy who I think, you know, is going to move in the, into the top 15, possibly even crack the top 10. You see how valuable some of those linebackers are um, with the game changing. You know, a Roquan Smith you know, being so versatile and being able to to attack all different facets of the game. You know, if Devin Smith can or Devin White can put that on display, I think he has a chance to be a, a top 15 pick. And then Friday, or finally. Monday, Labor Day, 9-3, uh, Florida State, number 19, taking on number 20, um, Virginia Tech. You know, Florida State, looks like DeAndre Francois has got the starting gig over over James Blackman, who filled in admirably for Francois when he went down to injury. Um, and I think up front, uh, Alec Eberly, the center, is going to lead the way for that offensive line. Um, and, uh, you know, running back, the... Draft prospect for this year is Jacquez Patrick, you know, the physical runner between the tackles. But uh, Cam Akers is the guy to keep an eye on. You know, a 1,000-yard rusher, you know, seven touchdowns um, as a freshman. He's going to be a sophomore, and to me, I think he'll be the number one rated running back um, when we're we're talking about draft prospects for the uh, 2020 draft. Defensively for Florida State, though, um, you know, Brian Burns, you know, he has a chance to really step his game up. 25 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, has excellent length. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit undersized, but he's added weight to him. And, uh, you know, someone who can be a stand-up rush end and uh, can be very explosive. You know, he uses that length well to his advantage to get off blocks and uh, to chase down, you know, has the speed to chase down quarterbacks. Um, you know, Brian Burns, look for him to have a big year. And then, uh, you know, Levante Taylor, you know, is out there. You know, he's the uh, he's a solid starter. You know, first first year starter uh, as a sophomore. He's a junior now. He's going to be the guy. Tavares McFadden's gone. Derwin James is gone at the safety position. So it's going to be basically Levante Taylor kind of leading that offense, or it's going to be leading that defense. So only three returning starters. So you know, kind of thin there. But uh, I think he's definitely someone who can make some plays. So for Virginia Tech, you know their 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 quarterback Josh Jackson, um, you know has you know Deshaun McLeese and, and Stephen Peoples at running back, two solid options there. Um, you know they defensively Ricky Walker is going to be the guy there at defensive tackle. No more Tim Settle in the middle, but Ricky Walker has the ability to um, you know to to make plays as well. He's just so agile for for a guy his size, 6'2", 300 pounds. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Mook Reynolds, um, you know, he's he's that whip linebacker, you know, who I think can play safety at the next level. Um, you know, the cornerbacks, um, you know, the cornerback position, they're going to need um, you know, they lost, uh, you know, Adonis Alexander. They lost, um, you know, Brandon Faison. Uh, they lost Greg Stroman. So, um, you know, if, if Florida State, if they can start getting, um, you know, Nyquan Murray going um, vertically, um, it could be a long day there for the Hokies. So I got through all of the week's worth of games, and my plan is uh, again, I've got about 22 games that I, I want to um, watch myself. I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on some of the um, some of the highlights. Take a look at some of the box scores. I want to see what uh, who's making uh, making some plays. See if I can get my hands on some film, um, you know, before next week's podcast. But uh, you know, we've got a full slate of games. It's awesome. Um, you know that college football again. Say it with me, college football is 
back. I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, music to my ears. I hope it is for you as well. I hope you've enjoyed, you know, me taking the time, you know, breaking breaking this down, um, you know, taking you on that journey with me. You know, that's really what uh, you know what it, what this is going to be throughout the year, uh, week in, week out. You know, this is what I do. You know, how I spend my spend my Saturdays. You know, sitting there watching college football um, all day. My DVR is loaded with games. You know, until I'm able to. to clear it all out. And, uh, you know, my wife, Devereaux, uh, you know, I, I love her so much that, you know, she, she allows me to be able to, uh, um, you know, she's so patient, allows me to be able to go ahead and watch these games, um, you know, week in and week out and, uh, you know, be able to, um, break everything down for you. You know, again, I want to take you on my journey, you know, um, uh, week in and week out, you know, the games that I get to watch, you know, and really, you know, You'll be able to see these players through through my lens. You know, I look at things. I try to look at things a little bit differently. I want to look at these players. You know, a lot of times, I'm identifying guys who you know, people aren't really really looking at. You know, that that could make plays at the next level. You know, one guy, and I'll close with this. One guy that was flying under 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 radars, uh, Keontae Davis. You know, out of uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. He's played his way onto a roster. Uh, with, with the Patriots, and ultimately, you know, he's not only made a roster, but you know, they're talking about him possibly getting into the rotation. Keontae Davis, you know, that's a guy that you know to me, um, you know, a lot of people were looking at it, a lot of people were doubting him, but you know, he's a guy who ends up making a roster. Those are the guys that I'm looking for. Those are the guys that uh, you know, who is it? You know, who's the guy that's going to come out of nowhere? Um, you know, I was talking about Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, when he, when he was a, a, a rookie, when he lost the weight, all of a sudden the explosiveness was there. Um, you know, especially at the senior bowl, you really got to see what this guy could do. And, uh, you know, that's really what I want to find. I want to find these guys, you know, that, uh, you know, might be flying under the radar a little bit. And I want to try to bring some of those to you. Obviously we'll be looking at the top prospects as well, because this is getting you ready for the draft. You know, the Ready for the Draft podcast, that is the goal, to get you ready for that draft that's going to take place in Nashville in April. So I hope you've enjoyed things. Hope you have a good week. Hope you enjoy the first week of football. Hope you have a great Labor Day holiday. And uh, you know, we'll talk soon. We'll talk next week. Until then, enjoy your week. I am out. <laughs>